start off with the president today, some sound uh, from earlier today when he talked to the press, uh, give them the good news about what is happening over in Syria with Turkey. We've got it for you. I've got all of it. It's about 14 minutes long. So enjoy. Well, thank you very much. My fellow Americans, I greet you this morning from the White House to announce a major breakthrough toward achieving a better future for Syria and for the Middle East. It's been a long time. Over the last five days, you have seen that a ceasefire that we established along Syria's border has held, and it's held very well, beyond most expectations. Early this morning, the government of Turkey informed my administration that they would be stopping combat and their offensive in Syria and making the ceasefire permanent, and it will indeed be permanent. However, you would also define the word permanent in that part of the world as somewhat questionable. We all understand that, but I do believe it will be permanent. I've therefore instructed the Secretary of the Treasury to lift all sanctions imposed on October 14th in response to Turkey's original offensive moves against the Kurds in Syria's northeast border region. So the sanctions will be lifted unless something happens that we're not happy with. This was an outcome created by us, the United States, and nobody else, no other nation. Very simple. And we're willing to take blame, and we're also willing to take credit. This is something they've been trying to do for many, many decades. Since then, others have come out to help, and we welcome them to do so. Other countries have stepped forward. They want to help. And we think that's great. The nations in the region must ultimately take on the responsibility of helping Turkey and Syria police their border. We want other nations to get involved. We've secured the oil, and therefore a small number of U.S. troops will remain in the area where they have the oil. And we're going to be protecting it, and we'll be deciding what we're going to do with it in the future. In any event, By the moves that we've made, we are achieving a much more peaceful and stable area between Turkey and Syria, including a 20-mile-wide safe zone. An interesting term, safe zone. That's the term we're using. Hopefully, that zone will become safe. Thousands and thousands of people have been killed in that zone over the years. But it's been sought for many, many decades, and I think we have something that's going to be strong and hold up. Turkey, Syria, and all forms of the Kurds have been fighting for centuries. We have done them a great service, and we've done a great job for all of them. And now we're getting out. Long time. We were supposed to be there for 30 days. 
That was almost 10 years ago. So we're there for 30 days, and now we're leaving. It was supposed to be a very quick hit, and let's get out. And it was a quick hit, except they stayed for almost 10 years. Let someone else fight over this long, blood-stained sand. I want to thank Vice President Pence and Secretary of State Pompeo for leading the American delegation so successfully to Turkey several days ago, along with National Security Advisor O'Brien. I want to thank them very much. The American delegation negotiated the original five-day ceasefire that ended Kurdish fighters to safely leave. It just got them to a point where, frankly, they were able it enabled them to get out, to go, and move really just a few miles in a slightly different direction. So this enabled them to do so. Countless lives are now being saved as a result of our negotiation with Turkey, an outcome reached without spilling one drop of American blood. No injuries, nobody shot, nobody killed. I have just spoken to General Mazlum, a wonderful man, the commander-in-chief of the SDF Kurds, and he was extremely thankful for what the United States has done. Could not have been more thankful. General Mazlum has assured me that ISIS is under very, very strict lock and key, and the detention facilities are being strongly maintained. Uh, there were a few that got out, a small number, relatively speaking, and they've been largely recaptured. I'm also sure that he will be issuing his own statement very shortly. We had a great talk, but we've saved the lives of many, many Kurds. He understands that. That war was going to be vicious and probably not very long. And I'm very happy to have been involved in it, as are our Vice President, our Secretary of State, and all of the other people on our team by getting that ceasefire to stick. We've done something that's very, very special. But by getting the ceasefire after a tremendous amount of really tough war for a very short period of days, that is something very special. Our troops are safe. And the pain and suffering of the three-day fight that occurred was directly responsible for our ability to make an agreement with Turkey and the Kurds that could never have been made without this short-term outburst. Should Turkey fail to honor its obligations, including the protection of religious and ethnic minorities, which I truly believe they will do, we reserve the right to reimpose crippling sanctions, including substantially increased tariffs on steel and all other products coming out of Turkey. We are now an economic powerhouse like never before, and very importantly, like no other. Our economic might is stronger than it's ever been, and our competitors are not doing very well. We also expect Turkey to abide by its commitment regarding ISIS, as a backup to the Kurds watching over them, should something happen, Turkey is there to grab them. 
Further, we implore European countries to come and take those fighters that the U.S. captured and bring them back to their countries for incarceration and for trial. Until just recently, Europe has been very unresponsive in doing what they should have been doing for a long time. Now is their chance to finally act. American forces defeated 100 percent of the ISIS caliphate during the last two years. We thank the Syrian Democratic Forces for their sacrifices in this effort. They've been terrific. Now Turkey, Syria, and others in the region must work to ensure that ISIS does not regain any territory. It's their neighborhood. They have to maintain it. They have to take care of it. There were some political pundits who responded to Turkey's offensive in Syria by calling for yet another American military intervention. I don't think so. But halting the incursion by military force would have required deploying tens of thousands of American troops against Turkey, a NATO ally, and a country the United States has developed a very good relationship with, including President Erdogan. The same people that I watched and read giving me and the United States advice were the people that I have been watching and reading for many years. They are the ones that got us into the Middle East mess, but never had the vision or the courage to get us out. They just talk. How many Americans must die in the Middle East in the midst of these ancient sectarian and tribal conflicts. After all of the precious blood and treasure America has poured into the deserts of the Middle East, I am committed to pursuing a different course, one that leads to victory for America. Through much work, we have done things that everybody said couldn't be done. Today's announcement validates our course of action with Turkey that only a couple of weeks ago was scorned. And now people are saying, wow, what a great outcome. Congratulations. It's too early to me to be congratulated. But we've done a good job. We've saved a lot of lives. Most importantly, we have avoided another costly military intervention that could have led to disastrous, far-reaching consequences. Many thousands of people could have been killed. The last administration said Assad must go. They could have easily produced that outcome, but they didn't. In fact, they drew a very powerful red line in the sand. You all remember the red line in the sand when children were gassed and killed, but then did not honor their commitment as other children died in the same horrible manner. But I did honor my commitments with 58 tomahawks. Eight long years after President Obama's ill-fated push at regime change, U.S. troops are still on the ground in Syria. More than half a million people are dead. Hundreds of thousands are terribly injured. 
and millions more Syrians are displaced. It really is a nightmare of misery. Across the Middle East, we have seen anguish on a colossal scale. We have spent $8 trillion on wars in the Middle East, never really wanting to win those wars. But after all that money was spent and all those lives lost, the young men and women gravely wounded so many. The Middle East is less safe, less stable, and less secure than before these conflicts began. The same people pushing for these wars are often the ones demanding America open its doors to unlimited migration from war-torn regions, importing the terrorism and the threat of terrorism right to our own shores. But not anymore. My administration understands that immigration security is national security. As a candidate for president, I made clear that we needed a new approach to American foreign policy, one guided not by ideology, but by experience, history, and a realistic understanding of the world. We are building up America's military might like never before investing $2.5 trillion since my election. But we will not be depleted. We will not happen again. It will not be allowed to happen again, where our military is depleted, fighting in areas of the world where we shouldn't be. When we commit American troops to battle, we must do so only when a vital national interest is at stake. And when we have a clear objective, a plan for victory, and a path out of conflict, that's what we have to have. We need a plan of victory. We will only win. Our whole basis has to be the right plan, and then we will only win. Nobody can beat us. Nobody can beat us. I want to again thank everyone on the American team who helped achieve the ceasefire in Syria, saved so many lives, along with President Erdogan of Turkey, a man I've gotten to know very well and a man who loves his country. And in his mind, he's doing the right thing for his country. And we may be meeting in the very near future. I also want to thank General Maslum for his understanding and for his great strength and for his incredible words today to me, but me just as a representative of the United States, because he knows that we saved tens of thousands of Kurds. And we're not talking in the long term. We're talking in the short term. We're talking something that was going on immediately and something, frankly, that was planned for a long time. The job of our military is not to police the world. Other nations must step up and do their fair share. That hasn't taken place. Today's breakthrough is a critical step in that direction. Thank you all very much, and God bless America. Thank you. All right, back with you. I hope you enjoyed hearing what the president had to say. It's a big announcement today. 
dropped those sanctions against Turkey since they have put in a long range uh, time that people aren't going to be out uh, to get, uh, you know, bottom line to to, uh, make sure that the, the Turks stay in their area and they leave the Kurds alone. So that's good. Good deal for us. You know, I I agree with the president. I have uh, I keep saying he ran on this uh, when he was running for election. The key is we can't just keep sending our people over to the Middle East to die, and that, and that's basically what's happening. Uh, there are a few other nations that join us, but in far fewer numbers than we typically uh, go in. I mean, look, we've been in Afghanistan for 18 years. It's time to leave Afghanistan. If they can't keep their own government going, keep their own uh, army uh, running, then it's time for them to stand on their own. They've got to figure this out on their own. Uh, I mean, if if the, uh, the Taliban tries to come back into power setting up uh, you know, training bases for Al Qaeda or ISIS or whoever it might be. Uh, we're not that far away that we can't using a- air power target them and take uh, you know medium-sized rocks and make them very small gravel uh, in the future if necessary. But we don't need to continue to spend you know billions upon billions upon trillions. Uh, of dollars uh, in those countries. We just don't have to do it that way anymore, and we shouldn't do it that way. There's things we need for infrastructure and things of that nature here in in our country. And believe me, something that I'm not saying we should do is take that money and we're supposed to, quote, help the, and I use this term loosely in our country, poor uh, in our country, because poor in our country are not poor. They just are not poor. Uh, it's they're nothing like the people in Africa or over in Pakistan or in the Philippines. I mean, I bet you a lot of those people don't walk around with seven hundred dollar uh, smartphones in their hands, uh, nor wearing designer clothes or having uh, houses, cars, and all the rest that they have here in this country. Uh, we are given enough to people who are not working. Uh, we have now got to figure out ways to have people get out into the workforce and work for themselves. All right, we got news coming up. When we come back, got a lot to talk about. I'll be talking a lot about impeachment today. Uh, Congressman Hill's coming up at 335. Okay, so the uh, Democrats uh, continue to um, run their illegitimate impeachment inquiry and not allowing Republicans to come into the meetings. It's crazy. Absolutely uh, crazy. Uh, Here, let me me try to help you understand this a little bit. Let's start off with Congressman uh, Bradley uh, Byrne from Alabama. Here's what he had to say. I've just come from inside that star chamber room where they've been trying to conduct an impeachment, impeachment hearing in secret. 
the witness they had in that room was a deputy associate secretary of defense. I'm on the Armed Services Committee. They would not let the witness go forward with us in the room, even though we're on the Committee of Jurisdiction. This is a sham. And they just showed the sham that it is by the way they conducted themselves just now. They're also threatening to file ethics complaints against those of us from the House that want to be in the room. And that shows more than anything else that they'll stop at nothing. We're fighting as hard as we can. We need more people to fight with us. This is something that people, you, you, you have to understand, today a bunch of Republican congressmen showed up at Schiff's meeting, wanting in, and he wouldn't continue on with the meeting. And uh, there's a what assistant defense secretary is supposed to be uh, sitting down and testifying, and they won't let Republicans hear her testimony. Congresswoman Debbie Lesko of uh, Arizona, cut number three. Adam Schiff told the American people that he had evidence, proof, that President Trump had colluded with Russia. And then we find out after two years, $25 million or more spent, 2,800 subpoenas, 500 interviews, that no, that was not the case. And then Adam Schiff on public TV says, no, our office didn't have any uh, coordination. We didn't hear at all from this whistleblower. And then that turns out to be false. And then in a committee hearing, He makes up a totally made-up conversation between President Trump and the Ukrainian president, I assume, to try to deceive the American public. And now, he wants us to believe that he's like a special counsel in these closed-door meetings over here that I can't go into as a member of the Judiciary Committee, and that even Republican members on the committee can't even see the transcripts. This is totally unjust. It's totally unfair. There was no vote on the floor of the House of Representatives, as has been done in the past, to authorize this impeachment inquiry with a standard set of rules and due process procedures that any American citizen should get, let alone the President of the United States. Now, I'm going to tell you, the the Democrats are, this is them running 2020. This is their campaign. This is their campaign. That's what this is all about. The only way that they can beat this president is if they can besmirch and throw enough mud on him, I guess they feel, that the American people won't vote for him. I, sad to tell them, that's not going to happen. After what I saw in Dallas, you keep this up, all you're going to do is force more people to the polls to vote for the man. Because people like what this president is doing as far as the economy goes. They like what he's doing as far as what the Middle East is concerned. They like a lot of his policies. I'm not going to say they like all of them. There's nobody likes every policy of any given president. But the bottom line, I think a large uh, majority of people in this country are enjoying uh, they're making more money, that their families are doing better, that personally they're doing better. 
But uh, the Democrats would like to bring all of that tumbling down, and they're trying as hard as they can to do that. I know yesterday you heard about this guy that went in and, and talked. In fact, on the front page of the paper today of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, yeah, take take a good look at that. That's a picture of him walking, William Taylor, uh, the acting U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, uh, yesterday in Capitol Hill, testify in private you who remember, let me take you back to when Richard Nixon, when they were talking about uh, getting to the bottom of Watergate, were those private hearings? They were absolutely not private hearings. In fact, they were on ABC, NBC, and CBS, at the time the three major networks, live into Americans' uh, living rooms to let them hear what had happened and what had been going on in the Nixon White House. That's not what we're seeing here now uh, with the Democrats because, and I believe this is the main reason, they don't have the goods. They do not have the goods. It's a witch hunt. They coined the phrase that the president uses all the time, what they're doing is they're bringing people in, they're asking them loaded questions to try to get loaded answers that they can take to the American people without the American people hearing what these people are saying and without these people being cross-examined by uh, the minority party, the Republicans. The Democrats and the Republicans question John Dean and Halderman and all the different people that they they uh, dragged in front of that committee during uh, the Nixon uh, Watergate hearings. Kevin McCarthy was talking about yesterday's uh, William Taylor uh, presentation from what he could see from the written transcripts and says that all of it was second, third and fourth hand uh, information and This is what he had to say about it. Cut five. In 90 seconds, we had John Radcliffe destroy Taylor's whole argument. Congressman Radcliffe, tell us what happened. Well, we can't really talk about it, but what what we're finding is just his questioning in 90 seconds refuted everything of what Adam Schiff believes out there. There is no quick pro quo. And the one thing that you find out in this process is... All this information is just like that whistleblower. Remember, we haven't seen that whistleblower anywhere. Everything's second, third, and fourth-hand information. Yeah, what they're saying, we don't need the whistleblower now. We've got first-hand information from other people. Remember how important that whistleblower was when he was first announced? And then the whistleblower started getting cold feet. You remember that? Remember Schiff said he never talked to the whistleblower, and then we found out that he had sat down and talked to the whistleblower about what he was going to talk about? He lied to you? I'm hoping that uh, the American people are seeing through this. And Senator Lindsey Graham feels the same way, senior uh, senator from South Carolina. Uh, Before we go to break, let's hear what he had to say. Cut seven. Yeah, so this resolution puts the Senate on record condemning the House 
for the future of the presidency. We cannot allow future presidents and this president to be impeached based on an inquiry in the House that's never been voted upon that does not allow the president to confront the witnesses against him, call witnesses on his behalf, and cross-examine people who are accusing him of misdeeds. All I'm asking is give Donald Trump the same rights as Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton had when it comes to impeachment, and I'm insisting that Donald Trump be given the same rights every American has if you're given a parking ticket to confront the witnesses against you can't be based on hearsay. And here's the point of the resolution. Any impeachment uh, vote based on this process to me is illegitimate, is unconstitutional and should be dismissed in the Senate without a trial. Okay, now let's walk through how that gets done. How do you dismiss it without a trial? All of what you're saying is true. Newt Gingrich will join us in a minute. He will explain to us in detail Mm -hmm. every consideration. Uh, Look, I'll quote you in this whole thing. Every you said the cornerstone of America's jurisprudence due process. You said the right to confront your accuser, call witnesses on your behalf, challenge the accusations uh, against you. None of that is happening in the House of Representatives. And where are your fellow senators? I'd like to see them sign your letter. Well, I, well, it's going to be a resolution. I hope to have a vote on it. I hope I can get you know, it'd be great to have a hundred. Can you imagine if Republicans were doing this to a Democratic president? This whole um, this this opening statement by uh, Bill Taylor today. Everybody is breathless. Here's a question. Uh, why does the president of the Ukraine deny there's a quid pro quo? What do you know that he doesn't know? Why did the president of the Ukraine say during the phone call, I didn't know aid was suspended? And the president of the Ukraine, the alleged victim of all this, denies that there was a quid pro quo. He didn't feel threatened by the president of the United States. That only happens if you can confront the witnesses against you. This process in the House is being conducted behind closed doors. Republicans are being shut out. And if you had an inquiry vote, that allows Republicans and the president to call witnesses and to confront people accusing the president of misdeeds. That's what happened with Clinton. That's what happened with Nixon and Andrew Johnson. This is un-American at its core. What the House of Representatives is doing is a process of political revenge. It is alien to American due process. It should be dismissed uh, quickly in the United States Senate. So what would happen if they impeach the president based on this closed door, behind the scenes, lack of due process inquiry? We should dismiss it without a trial because it's illegitimate on its face. And if it is allowed to stand, there's no protection for future presidents. Wow. That's pretty straightforward there. Hope you listen to that. Keep that. Put it in our archive so we'll have it in the future, uh, if you would, Zach. Let's take a break. When we come back, remember yesterday, all of the Democrats, you know, grabbing their hearts like Red Fox and Sanford and Sons uh, talking about, uh, you know, the president said it was a political lynching that was going on. He was being lynched. Well, I'm going to remind you by playing some some uh, historical pieces of what Democrats were saying when President Clinton was impeached. That's coming your way. Stick with me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I don't have four minutes to play uh, Congressman Al Green today doing his best Martin Luther King that he could draw up about talking about the president talking about lynching. But I do have Kamala Harris. I got about 36 seconds of her talking about Trump and his invocation of lynching uh, uh, dealing with this impeachment inquiry. All of Donald Trump 
to refer to a process that is holding him accountable to our democracy and justice. Um, the gall to, to, to suggest that he is experiencing a lynching when, and he's doing it just to whitewash um, the, the fact that he has actually committed crimes and should be held accountable by, by the United States Congress and, and by the people of our country. Yet again, it is an example of Donald Trump having no appreciation for the history of this nation, for which he is now the commander in chief. There you go. All right. Heard a lot of that yesterday. Remember that? Let me take you back a few years to when President Clinton was being impeached by the Republicans in the uh, the House. And uh, here's how the Democrats looked at it. Oh, they called it a lynching. What we are doing or what we are doing here is not a prosecution. It's a persecution. And indeed, it is a political lynching. The Republicans have, no, have had no agenda for over a year. And with this act today, they are signaling that they have no agenda for the future. I will not disregard the people who elected me. Seventy percent of them have said to me, protect the president. Vote to keep this president in office. So I will not vote for this nightmare before Christmas. I will not vote for this lynching in the people's house. I will vote against these resolutions. And for those of you who say that this isn't about sex, I agree with you. This is about getting rid of the president of the United States. The whole idea is a lynch mob mentality that says this man has to go. All right. I could play more. We could have gotten more. There's plenty of them. Lynch and lynch and lynch and lynch mob, whatever you want to say. That was the Democrats back in the 90s. All right. How soon they forget. How soon they forget. Our president says it. And they say, no, not lynching this time because it's Trump. Absolutely not. You can't say that. You That's not your uh, history. By the way, the president is speaking right now. Let's catch a few moments of it. Go to Fox. He's speaking in Pennsylvania. True American pride. That's you. And by the way, you guys sit down. Thank you. Sit down here. We'll be here for a little while. I like energy people. Energy people have a lot of energy, unlike some people I deal with. They got a lot of energy in more ways than one. Nobody does it better than the hardworking men and women of Marcellus Shale country. Wouldn't it be great if New York realized what they're sitting on top of before the competing states take a lot of it? You know, it gets down a little bit, right? Keeps going down. They'll say, hey, we used to have a lot of energy before they took them from Pennsylvania and Ohio. But New York should do it, and New York should allow pipelines to go through so the people of New England can cut their energy costs in half, so the people in New York could cut their energy costs in half. New York doesn't allow pipelines to go through. I don't know. There has to be some kind of a federal something that we can do there. But they won't allow pipelines to go through New York this for a long time. And they won't do any fracking in New York. And they won't take all of that wealth underneath and reduce their taxes. Wouldn't that be nice? They don't do it in New York. Somebody someday will explain why. They do it in Pennsylvania, they do it in Ohio, they do it in states right around New York. They don't do it in New York. They're sitting on a gold mine of energy. 
With unmatched skill, grit, and devotion, you are making America the greatest energy superpower in the history of the world. You're number one by far now. And I want to thank the Marcellus Shale Coalition, the Ohio Oil and Gas Association. Oh, I love Ohio. I love that state. Ohio. Don't forget, for a year I had to listen to, you cannot win unless you win. In Pittsburgh uh, at this hour, talking about energy, talking about shale. So that's the president talking in, uh, in Pittsburgh. And he's specifically giving that speech right now because it was just a couple of days ago that uh, the, quote, front runner for the Democratic nomination, Joe Biden, uh, called for, he said when he was president, the ending of fracking in Pennsylvania, which would cut out thousands of jobs, stop thousands of jobs and raise energy prices for everybody in that state. Unbelievable. I got time to play one last piece of audio for you. Sarah Huckabee Sanders talking about why the Democrats are impeaching or doing this impeaching inquiry of the president. Cut number six. Well, I don't think it's just that. I think it's certainly that the economy's doing well. I think it's the fact that the president's been able to renegotiate trade deals. He's been able to create over 6 million new jobs, a significant number of those manufacturing jobs. Look, at the end of the day, Democrats think that they're smarter than the American people. They think that they should be able to choose your health care. They think that they can spend your money better than you can. They think that they can protect your family better than you can. And the president doesn't agree with them. And I don't think millions of Americans do either. Democrats were very clear in 2016 how they felt about people that supported the president. Hillary Clinton labeled them deplorables. We have a big decision to make. The Americans uh, people have uh, a very clear contrast in what path they want to take. Do they want to continue under the prosperity of this president or do they want to go down a different road that we know doesn't work in socialism that the Democrats have laid out? They know they can't beat President Trump on policy and on merit So they think impeachment is their only path forward. And they've shown that this is purely political. And I think the president's exactly right to call him out on it. There you go. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Hope to get her on in the future. Got to find her. She's a quick moving person. I'm just telling you, she got a lot of stuff going on right now. Uh, When we come back in the next hour, we'll start off by talking to Evelyn Marcus. She's got a new movie coming out. I do believe today is the first day for it. Never again is now. When you say never again, talking about the Holocaust. Uh, and she, her new book, or new movie, pardon me, not book, movie, is about anti-Semitism, and it's on the rise around the world. We'll talk to her about that. And Congressman Hill at 335, we'll talk impeachment with him. We're going to talk about the Syria resolution that the Turks came up with and big tech. He took him on. We'll talk about that as well. All that's coming your way in the next hour of the Dave Ellswick Show.
Continue on, Dave Ellswick Show, 3 o'clock hour. Let me tell you something. Got a serious disease going on around the world. It's called anti-Semitism. Everybody thinks that uh, it went away after World War II. It never went away. Never has it gone away. Bible tells us probably never will go away. God's people are going to be persecuted. And that uh, that's happening. And Evelyn uh, Marcus is with us today. There's a new movie coming out called Never Again Is Now. And Evelyn, thanks for joining us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And why don't we just start with you telling us why this movie now? Well, thank you for having me on your show, Dave. Sure. Um, it's... Um you know, it, this film, I never planned to make it. It, it happened to me. Um, it is my personal story and the personal story of my parents. In, my personal story is that I was born and raised in Holland, in Europe, um, and lived in Amsterdam, the world's most liberal city, a li- fine life, um, virtually without any anti-Semitism uh, in my lifetime. And that suddenly changed. It dramatically changed in the year 2000. And as of then, um, anti-Semitism has been rising in all over Western Europe. Um, and as a child of Holocaust survivors, how could I look away from that? So I became an activist. Um, and in 2006, we got my partner Rose and I got the opportunity to moved to the United States, and thank God for the United States that you now took us in. And in hindsight, we are so fortunate that we did that and could do that because you see an exodus of Jews today from Europe to elsewhere. Um, now, living in the United States, we see the beginning signs of the same development, the mm-hmm. same kind of development since two, three years. So we are very worried about that. And the background of this film is uh, our personal story and the, the history of our parents during the Holocaust, but also um, the call to action for every individual to do whatever he or she can do to stop this dangerous development. We know from history when they come for the Jews, they don't come for the Jews alone. That's it's correct. Of, it's a sign of the rise of tyranny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're you're right. For uh, our listeners, uh, when you start talking about Holland, you, you, a name should come to mind, Anne Frank. Uh, yes. That was one of the, the books that I know as a kid I read when I was in school, uh, The Diary of Anne Frank. And yes. uh, it was an eye-opener for me at that time about the fear of living under that type of persecution and uh, the the Third Reich 
But you're right, uh, the skin the rises skinheads over in Europe and in other groups. Uh, again, anti-Semitism has uh, once again become, you know, something that has to be combated. Yes, and and they, it's today it's coming both in Europe and in the United States. It's coming from three sides. Okay, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming from the skinheads, the the white supremacists, but it's maybe even in a bigger amount, maybe not in an as violent amount, but in as a, but in a bigger amount coming from the left, especially the hard left. Uh, who would expect that? They're all in, uh, into to human rights, but when it comes to Jews, we see Jews, the Jewish students being harassed in American campuses, on American campus, college campuses. We see that the, the 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 criticism of of Israel is is so emotional that it becomes hatred. That every student on campus who who expresses um, some positive relationship with the Jewish state uh, or or is is a pro- proponent of its exist sheer existence uh, gets outcasted. From um, from the peer group, so and we see uh, a lot of physical aggression also on campuses um, against supporters of Israel. Um, so as a Jew today on American elite campuses, it's very hard to express um, that you are a Zionist, that you are for the existence of the Jewish state. Mm-hmm. Another angle, another angle where anti-Semitism comes from today, in both in Europe and it also starts now in America, is from um, a, a, the radical religious ideology, um, the, the the Islamists, um, who, in, for instance, in America, have started to preach in mosques, in in, in several mosques over the past two years, uh, to annihilate the Jews. Um, this was during prayer services. Uh, so we see a lot of, uh, actually, almost, we see most of the anti-Semitism, especially the, the violent anti-Semitism in Europe coming from the Muslim immigrant um, population, unfortunately. Um, and uh, as you know, there has been a big growth of that population over the past three decades. And unfortunately it didn't work out well for the Jews. Now we we only have to look uh to Washington DC and some of the things that we've seen come out of the Democrat party here recently with Omar and others and their anti uh Jewishness that they have. I mean they want to do away with the state of Israel. They've been very very clear about that. Yes. So that's one of the signs that alarmed me. Um, when I started filming uh, this documentary, uh, which, by the way, airs today uh, on Amazon Prime uh, Video. Oh, very um, good. Yes. Um, so th- when we started filming, uh, it was the, the plan was to do it about Europe, where I had my personal experience and. Um, and so many other Jews had the same experience. But while we were filming, we decided to add 
a whole section about rising anti-Semitism in the United States, because things like what happened, what Elon Omar is saying, and you know, what was very, very fringe in the United States became more and more mainstream, first at campuses um, and, and universities, and, and now in, you know, an important member of, of an important mainstream uh, political party. So that, that traveling from the fringe to the mainstream, I had literally observed, you know, uh, 10 years sooner, earlier in, in Europe. And that's why we uh, decided to add a section about rising anti-Semitism in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just don't. What's your take? I mean, I, I listen to Democratic Party uh Jews here in the United States have supported the Democratic Party probably mostly because they su- they supported civil rights and whatnot back in the 60s when that was going on and sold people that they were the big civil rights party. However, uh, here recently in the last 10, 15 years, they've been very anti-Israel. Uh, do you see them continually moving that way? I, um, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert on, on on any political party in the United States. I'm I'm uh, not an American. I'm a I'm a resident, but I'm not a citizen. Um, I do see um, uh, Jews around me who are uh, leaning left or have been leaning left for all their life. Um, I've I've seen more and more Jews find it difficult. Um, are struggling with things that are coming out of the Democratic Party right now, and not only out of the Democratic Party, out of all kinds of uh, left-oriented organizations, human rights organizations, uh, that they feel uh, sympathy for, for all the good work they do. Um, But at the same time, um, it becomes very anti-Israel and in such an aggressive way that you can feel as a Jew this this is not going in the right direction. And with Elon Omar, you've already seen it crossing the line. So um, there is a discomfort uh, with a lot of Jews that I know who are uh, Democrats, um, a discomfort and a, a bit of um, confusion there. Okay. Evelyn Marcus is our guest. We got to get a break in here, Evelyn. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about this documentary. Never again is now. It's on Amazon Prime. You can watch it there. I'm going to watch it tonight. We'll have more with Evelyn when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. Our guest, Evelyn Marcus, a new documentary. Never Again is Now. It's out on Amazon Prime. You can be watching it. I'm going to watch it this evening. Yes, I'll move away from watching the World Series because I want to see this documentary. Evelyn, I know there's a lot of people here, and okay, it's about anti-Semitism. We've heard all of this final solution and all that, yada, 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 yada. You tell everybody what they're going Give them some ideas of some of the things that they'll learn that they've never heard yet. Um, well, 
in the documentary, um, it, it starts with the, the story of my parents during the Holocaust um, and how they were liberated by the Americans and the Canadians. Um, the film team actually found one of the veterans who literally opened the train where my mother was in on her wow. way to the death camp. So I met him when he was 97 years old. Wow. Um, you'll see that in the film. It was one of the most moving, emotional moments of my life to be able to say thank you to him. Wow. Um, and what people will also learn in, 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 by watching the documentary is um, uh, not only what, what the incidents are that we as Jews experience in Europe, but also um, um, perspectives from thought leaders that I interview, uh, world-renowned um, thought leaders who, who, who try to explain what's going on. Why is this happening now? Mm -hmm. and where is it coming from and, and why is it happening? That, that, well, let me let me stop you. I don't want to blow your 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 documentary, but give us a little taste about what they're saying. Why is it coming back now? What is it about today that is putting a, a bullseye on the uh, the Jewish race again? Um. Well, um, it depends uh, which. Uh, source of anti-Semitism you're, you're talking about. If we talk about the uh, right, the, about about the white supremacists, mm -hmm. um, then we see that they 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 are very different from populism that is rising everywhere in the world right now, but they are very much liking the rise of populism because. Some things that uh, populism today is standing for is what they like as well, but they make it a racist thing. So um, there is the 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 whole world is on is migrating these days. Everybody's on the move, and you see that there is mass immigration, a lot of it uncontrolled, uh, going on in the West, and receiving countries and, and societies don't always like that. At least. Many in those societies don't like that, um, and in many cases, rightfully so, because their whole environment uh, is changing suddenly, and they never voted for it for that to happen. Um, but Evelyn, let me stop because that mass migration you're talking about—the greatest majority of it is Muslim, not Jewish. In Europe, yes, but in America, no. Um, and in America, you, you also see um, populism rise because of uncontrolled immigration. That's one of the reasons. And white supremacy comes with the fringe of populism. It's different, but it's, it's, it's in the fringe of it. It's come, it rises in the fringe of it. Um, so that's one thing we see in, in, in America, but also in Europe. Uh, we saw an attack by a white supremacist on a synagogue two weeks ago in Eastern Germany. Mm -hmm. um, um, when you look at the, at the left, um, that has to do with um, um, a, a pro-Palestinian attitude that is 
very well organized, and pro-Palestinian activism that is very well organized at the left, and that uh, partners with um, uh, Palestinian and, and, and radical uh, Islamist uh, groups that are active on campus, for instance. Uh, Students for Justice in Palestine has 200 branches of American universities. So you see an alliance between the hard left and um, radical pro-Palestinian Muslim organization. And um, that also um, uh, feeds uh, anti-Semitic demonstrations and incidents and, and aggression. You know, it's amazing to um, it, it's amazing to me the people who are into this whole pro Palestinian movement do not understand even the history of what happened uh with the Palestinians with Israel in their own country and things of that nature. I mean, look, I I get called a Zionist all the time. I've got an Israeli flag that hangs in my studio. Uh I mean they're our greatest ally in the Middle East and uh they're a free country, and I don't. I don't think. I don't believe ninety five percent of the the BS that comes out of of uh, the Palestinian uh, Liberation Forces or Hamas or Hezbollah or any of the rest of them. Uh, yeah. It, but on our college campuses, it's just like they're brain dead. They don't. They don't do any thinking for themselves. They're just. They're just spoon fed this. This uh, never-ending uh, uh, narrative—that's false. That's right. That's correct. And and then there is in Europe, uh, of course, there is a big Muslim immigrants uh, population, right? Uh, that take the the sky-high anti-Semitism in their countries of origin. They take that with them. Uh, so that's what directly uh, affects the, the Jewish people, the Jewish population in, in Europe. Um, now, that is less the case in America, but as I mentioned before, there are uh, there are there have been imams spotted in tens of mosques over the past two three years in the United States um, that have called for the annihilation of the Jews. Mm-hmm. So that's a starting sign uh, that I'm worried about knowing how this can develop uh, What from what I've seen in Europe. Evelyn Marcus, our guest, Never Again is Now, a new documentary, comes out Amazon Prime today. Evelyn, we're out of time. I want to thank you for giving us the time that you did, and uh, I'll be watching your documentary tonight. And uh, we appreciate you talking to us today. Thank you very much, Dave, for having me on the show and giving me the opportunity to uh, to discuss this topic. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's going to be about anti-Semitism. You need to watch it. She's right. Uh, it's on the rise again. It's not a good thing. It is a bad thing. Uh, it's, there's some biblical reasons behind it, I do believe. And... Uh, I mean, I, I kind of believe that even if the Jews were the perfect people out there, uh, because of being Jews and being God's people, they would be singled out for these attacks that they undergo all the time. So, uh, again, the name of this documentary is Never Again Is 
now. And uh, the name of the, the lady behind it, director and writer, Evelyn Marcus, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Watch it if you've got Amazon Prime. Uh, you'll be able to watch it starting tonight. I'm going to tune in, watch it. I'll tell you about what I think about it on Friday. All that's coming your way uh, in a moment is the news. We're going to catch up on that. And then Congressman French Hill will join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And impeachment is on our lips. All right, back with you. We're waiting for our call from uh, Congressman Hill. I'm checking my messages to see if we've heard from him. Doesn't look like I don't have anything as far as something from, let's see. Um, I don't see anything from anybody saying they're not there. I'm sending Stephen Smith a quick uh, message here. Oops. I must have left it. I missed it there. Where is that again? If, if there, if you're watching Facebook, you can see what I'm doing. I'm, I'm over here on my phone trying to send. Only are you calling now? Here we go. Okay, just sent Stephen Smith. I'll get an answer from him. I'm sure here very momentarily. Could be that they had a vote or something like that, or he had a meeting and he's running a little bit uh, behind. So I'm waiting now for an answer from him to find out what's going on because uh, we talked earlier today and uh, he was going to be in to talk to us uh, about the impeachment. We're going to talk about uh, the president uh, today and his big announcement about what's going on over there in Syria with Turkey. And then uh, I want to talk to him about big tech uh, because uh, Representative Hill uh, questioned CEO of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, about plans to introduce a new digital currency, Libra, uh, as well as how to protect individual data privacy and uh, Hill says, I appreciate uh, uh, that uh, you've looked at the reports that we have filed. That's good. I think you made it clear to Mr. Huzinga, Mr. Lukemeyer, and others that the Libra Association will not go forward in the world or in any country unless it meets an adequate standard here in the United States. I guess what I'm saying is this G7 announcement last week mirrors that exactly that the G7 countries beyond the United States agree with that view as well. Let's talk about privacy for a moment. George Gilder wrote a great book called Life After Google. I'm sure you've read it. If not, I commend it to you. Uh, A quote I'm paraphrasing, private keys are held by human beings, not by governments, not by Google, and I would add parenthetically, not by Facebook. Do you support the idea as a future digital world? We as individuals each control our data and we exchange it only when relevant at the time necessary to conduct a particular transaction. So we're going to talk to the congressman about that. That's really, this is important stuff. Uh, And uh, Congressman French Hill is right on the cutting edge dealing with this data privacy and the proposed digital currency with Facebook and we'll talk with him about that. I understand he's on the line right now. 
Hello, Congressman. How are things in Washington, D.C.? Were you over there with that group of uh, <laughs> of uh, congressmen trying to beat down the boor, uh, door of uh, Schiff's meeting this morning? Uh, no, but I saw the video. It brought me uh, a smile to my face. I was off campus at 9 and then went straight to the Zuckerberg hearing, so I missed out on the all the excitement three stories below the Capitol in the dark basement. Yeah, it is in the dark basement, by the way. And what a great place to be having secret meetings, huh? I mean, well, if you're going to have a secret meeting, I mean, what better place than in a dark basement? That's so, e- that's exactly right. It's it's definitely a star chamber, but we can we can talk about it. How long do you yeah. think it's going to take for the American people to understand that what the Democrats are doing is historically incor- uh, incorrect, uh, legally incorrect? and just nothing more than them running their 2020 uh, campaign using this impeachment inquiry. Well, it does bring back the old adage that if someone starts complaining viciously and attacking you for a particular behavior, look more closely because you may find they're doing it themselves. So uh, speaking of trying to interfere with elections, that's what this is all about, which is to damage and weaken Donald Trump as a presidential candidate uh, and attempt to use this just to, uh, you know, ruin his reputation and trample all the good things that he's done as president on the economy and with regulations and with leadership and rebalancing uh, both our trade and national security challenges around the around the world. So to me, it's all political. Nancy Pelosi's lost control of this process, which has surprised me. I think you and I have talked about this before. She's a very uh, organized, uh, commanding figure in Democratic politics. She's the Speaker of the House. And she, in my view, a few weeks ago, um, I don't know if she got mad uh, or got fed up or something, but she flipped a switch and allowed the more radical elements to call something an impeachment inquiry, and that has triggered all this behavior that is not in keeping with the House, not following the House's precedent or the way that it's been done both by Democrats in the Nixon impeachment process and uh, by Republicans in the Clinton impeachment process. And then I would just simply say there's nothing more solemn or important than the U.S. House of Representatives possibly considering impeachment against the president of the United States. And uh, instead of having an impeachment inquiry and a bipartisan process where people are able to call witnesses and be represented by counsel in an open hearing on C-SPAN, they've chosen to bury this whole process in the Intelligence Committee, which has nothing to do with impeachment inquiries, and buried in the basement of the Capitol. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a dark time for us in the United States. It really, really is. I mean, I remember Watergate. I remember it being on ABC, NBC, CBS, and the women complaining because it was wiping out their soap operas. The bottom yep. line, they had all of that testimony live, and there were Democrats and Republicans there questioning the witnesses like John Dean and Halderman and all the people that came up. Same thing with the— uh, with Clinton. Now, you might not have seen it as much on ABC, NBC, CBS, but the news channels were already coming about, and you could go and you could watch it there. These folks are keeping it behind closed doors, 
and nobody knows exactly what anybody's saying, especially the Republicans. Well, let me let me uh, uh, tell you, give you Steny Hoyer's point of view. Steny Hoyer is the senior Democrat. He's the minority, the majority leader in the House. He works for Nancy Pelosi. He says, look, uh, there are Republicans in each of these meetings, and the Republicans have the right to question witnesses, and, and, and that's true. But what's not true is the press and the public are not watching this. That's right. That's number one. Number two, Schiff is not releasing any of the transcripts of these hearings to the public. Everything that comes out of the hearing is a leak. Uh, to a favored news reporter by Democrats first, and I'll also say selective editorial comments from Republicans to counter that narrative. And that is not the way to run a fair and balanced inquiry. And on top of that, the people in question, of course, have no representation and they don't have any say in the process. So uh, the president, if he is the party being charged here he's not has no right to confront his accuser he has no right to cross-examine uh it's just a sham process in a star chamber in a basement you think the american people are going to see through this anytime well we need to talk about it i'm grateful you want to talk about it i do think it's getting uh insufficient balance coverage on the evening news programs that i catch they're talking about, well, this witness said this about the president. It looks bad for the president. They may or may not give an alternative view from one of the Republicans that had been in the in the hearing room right. for five hours or eight hours. But look, we could resolve all that by making this in a Judiciary Committee process approved by the U.S. House and on public television and just let people watch it for themselves. Yeah, put on C-SPAN, for God's sake. Yep. Now, I will say this on behalf of the Republicans in the House who have sat through these two weeks or now three weeks of individual deposition witnesses. By the way, none of this is classified. It's all in a skiff in the basement in the Intelligence Committee, but none of the testimony is classified. They are just doing this so they can control uh, what is said about it is the only reason shifts involved in this thing. This is a complete that's the sham part of this. Pelosi didn't trust Nadler, who's the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, to do a good job, so she just moved it to Adam Schiff just by fiat. Mm -hmm. So they're down in the basement. Um, I fully believe that if if she was doing things right, she'd have a vote like we did in Nixon-Clinton. She'd set up a Judiciary Committee process. She'd have public hearings, and we would actually see the transcript and hear what was happening every single day. And she's not doing it to discredit to her, to discredit to the House. I spoke on the House floor in my opposition to it last night. Um, so I, I think the American people really need to see that this is a railroad job. If they don't like Donald Trump, uh, fine, call for a fair process. If you love Donald Trump, call for a fair process. Yep. That would be my response. And look, Republicans coming out of those meetings for three weeks have said to me every day, we are happy for the whole transcript to be made public, every bit. I'm with because you. In, because in their view, shift is just cherry-picking information. Now, I, I know that you're not a part of the Senate, but you talked to Senator Bozeman, Senator Cotton. Senator Graham today or yesterday made the statement that he thought that when this gets over to the uh, Senate, they should say that it was a sham, it was uh, 
it was a false type of thing put on and that they should just throw it out. What do you think? Well, I think they have no basis uh, for this uh, being uh, part of a Senate trial. First of all, I believe that it's highly possible that when Schiff's circus down in the basement is over and it's referred to the Judiciary Committee, that members of the Judiciary Committee are going to say, well, we don't know what all happened there. We're going to have to have our own set of hearings and our own investigation. It's conceivable. And the whole thing starts over again, and I would hope at that point, obviously, that it would be uh, public uh, and open to full view of the American people. But this is this throws Nancy Pelosi off her plan which was, hey, we have to strike while the iron is hot, was her quote. Right. And Al Green that we talked about last week, we have to impeach him because he's going to be reelected. Mm-hmm. So none of that is in keeping with speed. Uh, so uh, I think that you, you – I just can't imagine the Senate would think that the procedures over here had been held up to historic and legal scrutiny. All right. I could sit and speak to you about impeachment this whole half hour. I don't want to do that. When we come back, I'm I'm going to switch around. I was going to ask you about Turkey, Syria, but instead I'd like you to talk about your time that you got to talk with uh, Zuckerberg you uh, at your committee and talk about big tech. That's coming your way. Our guest is Congressman French Hill. He's talking to us from Washington, D.C. We'll have more with him as we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're back with Congressman French Hill from Washington, D.C. Today, uh, well, he's the top Republican on the House Financial Services Subcommittee on National Security. And today he got to question Facebook's CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, on uh, the proposed digital currency he's talked about, Libra, and data privacy. First, the important issue, I think, is data privacy. Now, Zuckerberg has hedged on the truth before, Congressman. Did you, do you think that he was being truthful with you, or was he talking around the bush, so to speak? I think he beat around the bush. I think he um, dodged the question because, and I gave him a quote from George Gilder's great book, Life After Google, and I did that on purpose. Because it's a book everybody in Palo Alto has read. It's a book that that Mark Zuckerberg would be very familiar with, even though he didn't have any. He had a poker face. He didn't indicate that he was or wasn't. <clears throat> but it basically argues that each of us own our data, uh, our health data, our financial services data, our IRS data, our real estate data, um, anything else that we deem important. And as we go to a full digital age, that's going to be become more important and that we will, through uh, a token or through blockchain, through double authentication, maybe triple, we will be letting people have access to that data for a specific purpose, transferring medical records between one doctor and another, doing something with our pharmacist, uh, doing a uh, mortgage loan with our bank. But instead of all that information residing out at the institution, at the bank, at the brokerage company, at the doctor, we'll be in control over it. And it's not going to be scraped and sold by companies like Yahoo or Facebook and Google. And so the model is going to change over time. And I was looking to him 
as one of the world's leading experts on this, particularly as it relates to Libra, his new proposed cryptocurrency and payment system, do you acknowledge that each of us have our control of our data in the future? We don't now. I'm not suggesting we have it now. I'm suggesting as he moves forward, does he recognize that? And he he did a little Texas two-step on that one. Talk about Libra a little bit. Help our listeners understand what that's all about. So 2 billion people use Facebook every day, uh, including Dave Ellswick, a great user and poster on on uh, Facebook. And one of the biggest issues for global users is they don't have a good currency. They don't have a good banking system. Uh, they don't have access to the banking system in the third world or in big rural countries or in countries with a broke banking system. And one of the most expensive things you can do in global finance is send money from one country to another. Okay. So an American citizen who is a, a former Mexican who lives in the U.S. and owns a business here, he has his mom and dad and brothers and sisters who still live down in Mexico. He may send them remittances. That word is transferring money, cash, remittances down to Mexico. It costs about 7% of the amount transferred to go from U.S. dollars to Mexican pesos and then uh, be uh, – that includes the foreign exchange from dollar to peso down in Mexico. And Zuckerberg has a dream, which is, well, gosh, we have this Facebook program. His dream is I'd love for people to send money as easy as they send a text message. Mm-hmm. Well, that's – to me, that's an impressive vision statement. But then it falls apart, you know, in a lot of the details. And what he proposes is that they have a cryptocurrency that's a Facebook cryptocurrency with a a consortium that's called uh, Libra that can be used for remittances around the world or payment for goods and services, uh, and that it be backed by a basket of currencies, including a majority U.S. dollar, but gold and maybe the euro, maybe the yen. And so the question is, is he creating his own currency? Will his currency replace the currencies of those currencies in all those other countries? Right. So this is a big, it sounds like an elegant, simple thing, which I think it is in some ways. But when you put it in practice, it has all these major ramifications. Yeah. And you're the kind of guy that we need up there, you know, you know, ferreting this out because you know, banking. I mean, that's been your background. Well, I love the idea, and I'm, I'm a, I like the idea of future blockchain use, and I think that at some point uh, there'll be a role for uh, tokens, digital tokens for settling transactions. But we need to make sure that we're in compliance with the anti-money laundering laws so that people don't use digital tokens to smuggle drugs, smuggle uh, human trafficking, smuggle our kids, uh, conduct illegal mafia operations or or money laundering operations. So that's a very important part of this new world, even though we recognize it can bring down that important cost of transferring money from one family member to another. we got about 90 seconds, so I have time to ask you your thoughts on what Turkey announced today and what the president announced today. Yeah, so the president announced uh, that he was going to drop his sanctions on Turkey because uh, he believes that the ceasefire along the Syrian and Turkish border will stand. Uh, My attitude is let's see that that happens. 
we're still pursuing designing sanctions in the House and the Senate that we can impose on Turkey uh, if they don't live up to being a treaty ally of the United States. They've done nothing, frankly, but double-cross the United States in the last few years in regard to uh, Iraq and Syria and ISIS. So uh, I hope the president's plan works. I've got my fingers crossed. Uh, we need uh, it, we need it to work uh, and reduce the bloodshed there. So we'll be watching every day, and I think it's good that we're pursuing sanctions in the House and Senate potentially against Turkey, so that Erdogan, the head of Turkey, who is an authoritarian, knows that uh, here in Washington we can turn them on as quickly as they're turned off. And President Trump said the same thing today. Yeah, he so did. I think we're we're on the same page there. All right. We appreciate you, Congressman. Thanks for the time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Dave. All Bye. right. Bye-bye. Yeah, Congressman French Hill here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Some very interesting comments from the congressman today dealing with impeachment, dealing with uh, that digital currency for Facebook called Libra and about uh, how to protect your individual data privacy, saying that Zuckerberg beat around the bush on a lot of that and didn't give any clear answers. And then, of course, what he had to say about what's going over, going on over in Syria. When we come back, Duck and Joe will be here. I don't know if anybody else is coming into the studio with them today or not, or it's just the two of them. I think we can handle it if it's just the three of us. More of the Dave Ellswick Show after the news. That's coming up next. Nobody else wants to be me, so I guess I'm stuck with it. I don't know. Joe was the last one. Yeah, he did. And by the way, I wanted to thank both of you. There were no cameras in here. Yeah. I had to, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because we took it with us. Yeah, I thought, well, that's good. You have to let you both know, I I thank you for filling in for me, because I was driving down to Dallas so that we could cover the Trump rally down in Dallas. That was a last-minute thing that popped up and we were allowed to do it and hey, i'm proud you went we're yeah. the only radio station from arkansas that was there really that's yeah, good we were the only one invited so that's great. Uh, it went really good there was only a total <coughs> what was there about 12 stations that were there zach i'm not really sure but it's somewhere around that number yeah there wasn't that many one out of 12 is good Dave. yeah not too bad especially the only odds. one from arkansas yeah you know which was a lot of fun and we enjoyed it uh, had a meeting today. We're pre- we're preparing to go to CPAC coming in cool. February, and looks like that we're going to have the the money to be able to do that. 
Uh, next year, know that we'll be at the Republican National Convention. We'll be doing that. Uh, a week from Monday, I'll be at the Capitol for filing day, where the, all the uh, politicians come over and pay their money to run for office, and we'll have a lot of different people on for that. So got a lot coming up over the next week. We are your station for hearing the real news about what's well, going I, on in I, politics. The filing, I was just wondering, is that a cash transaction, or can I use a credit card, or do they have to write a check? And how much does it cost? Yeah. Uh, it's If you were running for, and, and it's not no gover- governor's race going on, but it's thousands of dollars to be able to run for governor. Really? Cash only? Uh, no, you can pay by check. They'll take they'll take a chance on you and take a check. I'm sure they'll take a credit card. Three percent that has to pay. That's yeah, that's why I was just curious. Well, maybe that goes directly to the Republican Party. I don't know. I'm just telling you uh, that uh, that's going to happen in a, a week from Thursday because our primary mm-hmm. is in March next yeah. year. Because it's a presidential election year. President year. And I'll be on that night during the primary to let everybody know who's being voted to to be what, you know, to be able to run. If you're the Republican, your chances of probably winning in the general are pretty doggone good. good. Yep. You know, so the primary is the big race, so to speak. Cuts the field down. Yeah, it does cut the field down by 50% normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> quickly. It's cuts pretty, them down quick. Yeah, quick. It, so uh, a lot of those filings, they wasted their money. <clears throat> yes. Well, they don't get no. it back if they don't win? No, no refunds? No. no. Oh, that ain't fair. The party, gets it, the party gets to keep it. And the party is they're pretty flush right now. That's good. <laughs> you know, which is a good thing. Yeah. Nationally, the Republican Party is very flush. Did you hear the, the news Monday. Monday, the president has raised more money than any president in the history of this country for his reelection campaign. I can understand three hundred million dollars. That's pretty good. The, yeah, I see, David. If they give me and you one of one of them billion dollars, we could just run around and do what we want to, couldn't we? I'll take ten percent. Yeah, that'd work. And I'll talk about them every day. <laughs> Pat them on the back, tell them how good right. they are. That's just the way it would work. I would be able to do that. Anyway, it's so, 11 after 4. I, I did. I wanted to thank both of you for filling in uh, for welcome. me last week. You did a Dave, great we, job. We I was told you. you did a great job. We thank you for allowing us to come on and do that. It was fun. Absolutely. You guys had a good time. You had a lot of important people on did. here. The, the head had, of marketing for Bumper to Bumper. We had a yeah. we had a good discussion. Cool. And I've had some of my customers that listened It's that's been in the shop and saying, hey, we understand now who's behind y'all. They never knew who was behind us until since the people from Bumper to Bumper. But Jerry Roca has been bringing on people from Bumper to sure. Bumper, and they are the people. I mean, Fletcher and all those guys. That's yeah. from the top all the way to the training people. But, I, but I've had some people say, hey, we always listen to y'all, but we never knew who Bumper to Bumper was until all y'all started bringing these people on. I said, well, that's one reason that they was trying to get them to come on. So it ain't just me and Joe talking, no. me and you and Dave talking. You know, it's it's they're sitting here beside us talking. The and, people and, who are making the policies <coughs> yes. are talking you to know, you. Kenny Payne told a story that when he started bumper to bumper, he was sweeping the floor. Yeah. That's the truth. He also told a story about <coughs> do drop in, how that got happening. Yeah. That was a pretty cool story. You know, that used to be a bar. I did not. I said, That's right. how I got the name. So Do Ke- drop in. So yeah. with Kenneth, I can make fun of him now yes, huh, when he comes on. Yes. 
He's and, a yeah. part-time and bartender, part-time part. Bumper to bumper, <laughs> bumper to bumper. They 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 were convinced that he would make it, and they they helped back him to get him started. Very good. And then and he those moved. Are good and, stories, life stories. You know, that's cool. But stuff. Kenny Payne was great, and so was uh, Jody Woody, the uh, manager for the uh, Independent Jobbers. They both had good stories and good and good history behind them, and how they got started in the business. It was great. But do drop in. That's how he got that name. That was a bar. A bar. And That's it, and it was the name of it. Do drop it's in. in the same building still. And then he moved to a bigger one, but the original one, I think, he still owns it. Wow. That's, That's pretty cool. It, it was pretty I like cool. like that. That's an interesting. Those are the stories you like to hear. Yeah. See, I, I remember a few years back, who was the gentleman who came on several times talking about? Thomas? Yeah, no, Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. yeah. He was great. I mean, he yeah, he had some there. great stories for Yeah, us. he for had stories like Kenny Payne about when he was a kid and he just getting started and he went to work for the the pre Crow Burlingame yeah. merger at five fifty five and all that. He was involved in it's pretty cool stuff. You know, that's history because that's a hundred year old company, Dave. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of history there. And I think he was talking from the forties up. Yeah. 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 He you yeah, know, exactly. Which was really interesting mm-hmm. to hear those stories. Because you don't, you're not going to hear them except from people like that who are there. No. Who is who was there from? You know, basically from ground zero. You know, basically get it up and get it going and get it where it is today. And uh, but uh, people has told me said, you know, hey, we appreciate them coming on the radio, and at least we know that it ain't just you and Joe and Dave here talking about bumper to bumper. We understand now that y'all have people standing behind you and working. Oh on yeah. You. I mean, we don't make them up. It's no. not not a figment of our imagination, believe me. But when people don't hear them, though, Dave, they think, you know, that it's, it's really not what's going on. But Well, they think about people in in $1,000 suits and things yeah. of that nature, and that's not what it is at all. No. No, Kenny, was, Kenny come in there wearing Levi's, you know, in, in a dress shirt, but, you know, that's the— that's that's abnormal. Oh yeah, <laughs> just saying. A lot of guys come in here in blue jeans, yeah, just yeah. like I do. Yeah, and because I, I, you guys know, you don't see me in a shirt and tie very often. Most of them guys that work for that company, uh, Parts Warehouse Incorporated, which is bumper to bumper, and that distributor, they're homegrown guys. Yeah, they are. They've been, they've been in it for they're their good life. old boys. Yeah. That's what they are. They're well, just, it's like Kenny, you're like you know, your ne- next door neighbor. He started mm-hmm. sweeping the floors. Yeah. He said. He said. I've been there. What did he say? Forty, forty something years. Forty two years. I think yeah. it was. Never in his wild imaginings. I'm going to tell you when he was sweeping the floors that he ever think he's going to have the position he's got now to get to where he is today. That's right. Well, you that's know? just like uh, he just worked hard and moved yeah. up. You know, every one of them guys has got a history behind it, how they got started and how long they've been there. And I mean, most of them guys are lifers. They really are. And and that that that's what you call stability and continuity. You know, it, it it's 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 a fantastic company to work for. You know, I agree. I agree. I like all the people I've met from it. I'll be honest. I've not met a person I didn't like from Bumper. All to good Bumper. people. Yeah. They are good people, and they all go out of the way to help you. I it mean, took me a while to warm to Jerry Roca, but that's all right. Yeah, you I'm know. just kidding. I'm He's kidding. in Jamaica. He can't hear you, Dave. <laughs> oh, that's oh god, that's no He's fun. He's on vacation. He's any on vacation. Any other now, time, huh? Dave, he'd have been listening. Yeah, since I know. He would have sent me. He a might text. still be listening because he may be watching us. Too, <laughs> yeah, the yeah there's no telling. Uh, not is he on? Is he, did he fly over there? or Is he on yeah. a cruise? No, he flew. He flew. Okay, yeah. I'm going on a cruise in January. Where are you, you going know, to? I think we're going to go do the Turk. Caicos good cruise yeah about a 
13 day cruise. Blake's going, do that. him and his girlfriend are going in December, right around the first week of December for, I think, six days or seven yeah, days six or days, something. Yeah. That's about what but it is. Where are they going out of? New Orleans? Um, Galveston? I don't Mobile? Really know. <laughs> I'll name no, them I all. I think it's Miami. I think they're, they're going, going out of Miami. Miami. I'm, we're looking because if you want to get to that eastern side mm-hmm. you got to almost go out of an eastern port yeah i think that we're going to go out of fort lauderdale is what we're going that, to do that might be where they're going i i just heard him talking about something about florida that that the the deal they got come with airplane tickets and everything so yeah yeah that's that's um we were looking at carnival and then i went over to holland and holland offers uh if you go on certain cruises because they're looking to fill up those ships because they're not Filling them. doing them well. Uh, we would get, uh, you get free alcohol. Yep. You get uh, free excursions, you know, where you can I, go out and That do sounds excursions. like what he was describing. They'll pay your airfare round trip or at least a large percentage of it. I mean, it, they're making it where it's like we're going to give you the trip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I so, think for him, and I'll her, take it. I think sure. for him and her and everything that that went along with it, including the airplane, was about fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars. That's not bad. That's really, really good. Now, granted, they're inside; they don't have a balcony window, but no, they're going to be in the interior. Yeah, he said he was one row from the outside. So, well, they'll still have a good time because oh yeah, most most of the time if you go on a, on a cruise, not you don't spend any time in your cabin except to just sleep. In your birth. Let's use that nautical term, the birth. All right, David is in Little Rock. He wants to join us. Hey, David, how are you? Hey, pretty good. Uh, got a question for Joe. Uh, 06 Mustang V6 automatic. My son went to uh, service the transmission, and it ain't happening by an ordinary guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I, they, they've uh, changed those transmissions so much. I don't recommend anybody trying to do that themselves. No. Well, they can't. <coughs> here's why. Yeah. You, the, uh, you can get the fluid out of it. But you can't you put have, it back, uh, can you? Yeah. But you can't put it back and you can't check it. Yep. Well, you can, but it's difficult. Yeah, you got to know how to do yeah. it to, to do it. And and you know yeah. some some of those require actually they 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 think that's best if it's in, if it's flush so it needs to go to uh, somebody like Gary Henry over at Mid State Transmission yep. and that way they can do it properly and you yeah. know if you if you drain that fluid out then you're going to be in a towing it in because you're just going to be <laughs> stuck there and, yeah uh, yeah see he's he, he's capable of doing almost anything but he was so mad at lunch today <laughs> he said. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, fix up a car that doesn't have a computer on it, and and uh, that I can work on, and I'm not driving anything that's new anymore. He's going off the grid then, going back to points and a carburetor. Yep. <laughs> well, that's going back that to far, the 80s. That's uh, going back to the eighties, isn't yeah. it? Well, uh, if he yeah. don't get rid of a computer, he'll have to be uh, pre nineteen eighty six or down. Yep, eighty because eighty seven. Well, yep. He just bought a big block seventy two Corvette. Okay. Yeah, well then he'll be fine. Yeah. Yep. If we have an he's EMP, gonna, he won't have to worry about it. <laughs> right. He's he's gonna sell the big block and put a 
it's an original LT1 car, so he's going to yeah. put a, an, an LT1 in it with a four-speed, and uh, that's what he's going to drive. Hey, he'll be tickled to death. Yeah, that, that, that's a anyway, good vehicle there. I, I thought you'd get a kick out of the fact that you can't tra- you can't service that transmission. Well, Not unless you know how. They, they've made they've made some of the simple things very difficult. I can promise you. I had a lady in last week that was out at the dealership and she wanted her uh, transmission fluid checked. She brought it over and they wouldn't do it for because they didn't work on anything over ten years old. And she brought it over, but yes, it's you know some of them still have sticks. Got to take the plug out and put a universal stick in it. Some of them are take out the the. Uh, level plug and then to fill it you have to take out a different plug to fill it with and they're very difficult so all right real small oh, okay david we gotta right, get, well, we gotta get you a break we appreciate your call brother yes sir thank Thanks you so much. all, all right, right we'll talk to you later now yeah well he he just verifies <laughs> what i've said the day of the, of the shade tree mechanic is over it's all over with it's over by the way david rebenek uh, sent me a text just now and he wanted me to ask you guys if there is a bumper to bumper service center in hot springs i mean just a second and i'll look that he, up. he's looking we'll answer it when we come back got to get a break let's do that here on the dave ellswick show they're laughing at me zach because of what we went through in dallas <laughs> look at that it was crazy it was crazy all right we had a call. Somebody wanted to know where in Hot Springs. Here you go. Village Shell Garage in Hot Springs. Uh, Tony uh, Garbarino, I think. Garbarino. Mm-hmm. Uh, his phone number is 501-922-3100. And uh, you get a hold of them, and uh, they'll be uh able to to help you i'm looking here i think that's the only one in hot springs is what yeah they're in alphabetical order dave okay that's that's it it. hot springs is it yep so keep that in mind let me give you that number one more time 501 uh 922-3100 that's in hot springs so village shell that's where you want to go and they are a bumper to bumper certified service center Yep, and, and, if you, if and they'll in, do everything that these guys here do in this room right now. Absolutely. And they'll take good care of you. Yeah. And if you're in anywhere in Arkansas and you want to know if there's a bumper-to-bumper certified service center in your town, all you got to do is call us, text us, and we got the whole list right here. There's 80-something of them across state Arkansas. So, Dave, here a couple of weeks ago, we gave away a vacuum cleaner to a guy. In Conway. And I lost his information. Right. If you're listening, would did you he please? call by any chance, Zach? He talked to Chuck, and so I'm gonna go get that number for you. All okay. right, very good. Cool. I'm, I'm sorry, I I don't know what I did with the information. I went to ship it to you, and I guess I threw it away. Okay, or yeah, got we we in knew that pocket or we something. needed to get it to you, but we just didn't have a way of doing. Well, it. you know, his carpet and his car are getting dirty. He needs it. Yeah, well, I was going to sure do it last does. week, and yeah. I forgot all about it. I was. Almost back home, and I thought, oh, gosh. But anyway. If there you, it is. Hey, there. that's it, Cotter. All right, I'll get his address and get it shipped to him. Good. Taken care of. 
By the way, I need to come see you Friday, Joe. Is that possible? Yeah, we're going to put that wiper on. You are. Okay. And I'm going to bring a brand new wiper to put on it. Okay. And I'll just go ahead and bring my new wipers in the front for you. you snap them on. You're going to get it tore off when you go back through there. Yeah, I'm not going to that same. I don't go to that car wash anymore. (laughs) I don't go there. In fact, next time I get my car washed, which won't be now until after the winter time, I'm going to go search out your buddy down there in, in Benton and get yeah, my car Roger. detailed. I might get it detailed inside before the winter time. in fact. So I got one of my customers, Joe's got a Mercedes motorhome. Yeah. He called me and he said, hey. A uh, Mercedes motorhome? It's yeah, a Sprinter. It's, it's a Dodge Sprinter. It's one oh, of the smaller okay. ones. Okay. He said, hey, uh, what happens if you put washer fluid in a DEF tank? Mm. I said, you ain't started and drove it, have you? Um, yeah. I said, well. First thing we need to do is clean it and then hope for the best. Right after five thousand dollars, we finally got it back up and working. Oh wow! It burnt the Tank, module, pump, all that stuff. Burn it all and and them yeah. things, and you get them from one place, Mercedes, and they're they're rather proud of them. And uh, and, he, <laughs> and the worst I like part about it, you put it that way, they're if they're they're within six inches of one another, yeah. and they both got a yellow cap on them. Now, that's you. pretty dumb, isn't it? Yeah. That's asking so for people to make a One of them is mistake. red now, and one of them is yellow now. That's a good idea. <clears throat> so, Absolutely. But he said, I did it. He said, I raised the hood, popped it off. The rest is history. Yep. $5,000 of history. We'll mm-hmm. come back and talk more. 823-0965 if you've got a car question. All right, back. That's crazy story, huh? Yeah, that's crazy story. <laughs> I'm talking about what happened in Dallas last, <laughs> last week. I've told it on the air. We told it yesterday. And, yeah, you know, you go through Hotels.com, you know, just know this. They'll make it right. They did make it right. That's good. But uh, they took somebody off of their website because it was a scam. There's no yeah. doubt about it. There was... There, they were some people were renting out their apartments. I but believe see, Dave, is what when you happened. went to Seven Eleven, you could have got you something to snack on. I didn't go. Look, I sent there. Zach in there, and Zach didn't bring any snacks out. I'm just saying, Zach, was Zach to get came, out. Hey, I let me tell you, yeah, Zach came out. out he was saying that he said, "This is how he put it, Dave. That place was shady." <laughs> 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 that's, that's too good that's that's a story that you and i you can't even 10 make years it. from now zach can talk to each other and laugh about you can't even make that up time. every I time i see i hear or see a 7-eleven that is what <laughs> come to mind every single time going in there. especially if they're close to the greyhound huh? <laughs> oh man that was crazy it really was oh, hey goodness. the phone number is 823-0965 <laughs> 823-0965 uh, your opportunity to call in and ask any questions about your car. I'm going to have my uh, wiper blades changed Friday over at Joe's, and uh, a car wash several months back tore off my rear uh, window wiper, arm, wiper yeah. and arm. And, uh, and your antenna I, I, also. Yeah, we got the antenna, and mm-hmm. now I got the wiper, uh, and we're putting it all together. You know, my car is almost back together 100% now. Yeah. 
I need to get with your friends to talk to them about a little body work. That yep. was on me, all right, <laughs> underneath the underneath parking oh, here. Oh, that guy that put that pole in the ground. Yeah, that's his fault. I, I pulled into one of those. Pole jumped out in front poles. of him. And if you see that yellow, yes, that's the yellow that was on the pole that I scraped <laughs> off and put on my car. I didn't feel bad. I felt bad about it until I was talking to Zach. And Zach has done it, too. He told me he ran into the pole downstairs. <laughs> you can't see it in your uh, it's not tall your rear view mirror. Yeah, You can't see it. Oh, hate it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to get that pulled out. I'm still, I, want, I'm still I don't, know, I don't think it's going to cost that much. Yeah, that's 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. That's quite the thing. It really was. That's quite the deal. Okay. Well, we, we, we got winter coming. You know that, Dave? And, uh, you know what? It's starting to feel that way, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It was nice it. this morning when I went out at 730. I mean, it was just super nice. You see what the high is Friday? Going to be uh, 60 degrees, I think that's what I heard. The yeah. high? Yeah. I don't know I what know the low is going to be. Saturday morning. It was nice Saturday morning. Well, with the cool weather coming, let me see. Uh, it's going to be 51. That's not bad. Just going to mm-hmm. be just about gonna, right. It's going to be sound like a, a spring day. 51 yeah. for a low, yeah. 58 for a high with rain. <laughs> just about rain. right. Yeah, Friday. Yeah. But people should be getting over and talking to you guys about antifreeze, yep. your window washing fluid, and all of that stuff. That's what we, I was fixing to mention that got one uh, fleet account, and I told him that, you know, Start bringing them by. We checked freeze point on them. Yep. That's what Brought I've me a doing. list with each one on it. And as we check them, they'll bring them in. We'll check them. If they need something, we'll do it. But if not, we just write down what the freeze point is. And so try and help him keep a record of that stuff. Because a lot of times, if you have fleet cars or trucks or whatever, the drivers may say, well, it's a little bit low, and I'll put some water in it in the summertime. But that depletes and, and dilutes the antifreeze, doesn't it? Doug? Yeah, and then you'll get it. It ain't but 15, you know, 15 above zero, and then mm-hmm. – you jump out in the morning, take off down the interstate at 80 mile an hour, and then it freezes up. Mm-hmm. And it usually busts stuff like the head and block and radiator and stuff like that. That is not <coughs> a good feeling. It gets expensive <laughs> quick. And, yeah. The know, first morning that it gets 15, 20 degrees outside in Arkansas, I guarantee if you drive the freeway to work, you're going to see one or two vehicles on the side of the freeway with steam coming out in the yep. hood up. And most time you're going to yep. see more than that. Most time you're going to yep. see eight or ten or twelve of them sitting on side yep. interstate, and you know. And if you let it, if you if you start your car and let it sit there and get warm in the garage, you can get by with that. But you start it and take off down the interstate while everything's still cold, it won't never make it. Well, you have to remember that that coolant's not circulating until it comes to operating temp. So that water that's yep. in the radiator up there is just sitting there waiting, cold, and that air flowing through it drops that freeze point from. 20 degrees outside to minus 15. Yeah, or 20, you know. Yeah, and, something and like that. And, we and usually put... It'll slush up, and then when the thermostat opens, it won't circulate. Won't nothing to go through it. We no. we usually try to keep everybody somewhere around 30, yeah. minus 30. 15 to minus 15, minus 30 is pretty good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cause, and I, but I got some trucks that run up in Chicago and places like that. Might be less than that. Up there, yeah. We keep them up, you know, we got them to minus 60. Yeah, 40, which 50, 60. one of them yeah. holds 17 gallons of water. Yeah. Well, let's let's put it this way: slush is good for a drink. Yes, not for in your, your car. Radiator. <laughs> not in your radiator. Yes. You could take uh, uh, what the price of a gallon of antifreeze is, and you could take that and say, "I I could have spent say twenty dollars on a gallon of antifreeze, which is too much for one." But anyway, twenty bucks. And if you don't get it checked, 
that $20 that you didn't put in there could cost you $2,500 fixing the head gasket. At least. That's what I'm saying. Expensive. Yeah, it can get really expensive real quick. Heat's the only thing that will damage a head gasket or crack a head. There's nothing else that will do it. Just heat. Keep that in mind. Yep. Don't forget it. Because they'll get them every time. It's a rule of thumb. And and not only that, uh, you know, it, it just needs a good looking over. Check your belts, your hoses, you know, stuff like that. Especially belts now because it's usually just one belt. Yeah, one serpentine, serpentine belt. That goes yeah. all yeah. through the front of your car. Yeah, yeah. it's just one belt. You know, and it, it just kind of look it over, look at your tires, make sure they've got enough tread on them to keep, you know, to get you through the winter. Um, you know, it's just time to look everything over. I had a truck in there today. The guy, I serviced it a couple, couple months ago, and I told him, I said, hey, it's my son told him, said, hey, it's getting time for breaks. And he said, all right, I'll get it back to you. He got it back to me today. Right to blow the caliper out. <laughs> I was going to say, he got it back because <laughs> something bad happened, right? Ate both front rotors and broke calipers. Ooh. I'm going to tell you, it don't take much. When it gets metal to metal, every time you stop, it, it, you hear it. You're not going to make that many stops before it tears up something else yeah blow the piston out they, they just yeah. run the piston out so far it cocked them sideways but yeah. you know it, you know he got all he could get out of them oh yeah and that just costs you extra money you take uh what it costs to put two rotors and a set of pads on there 300 bucks and calipers and by the time you buy calipers and yep. everything and else to go with it you got a 600 dollar deal oh no this is more like you know? a, this is a well this i know is a but F5 I'm just, i was just talking yeah, about oh, cars trucks on general yeah. you know so you know, like, like it a doubles the price something yeah, yeah. All right, let's go ahead and get our final break in, then we'll come back and talk the last segment. Joe and Duck are here, just those two and me, having fun here on a Wednesday on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, and I was talking to Duck and Joe during the break. We don't sit here and just stare (laughs) at each other. We do talk. And they were making a point to me about why going to a parts store and having them take their small, inexpensive instrument and reading a code. code on your car probably is not in your best interest. Well, it's not, in my opinion. I think you pay for what you get, and they don't charge you nothing. They sell parts, so if, if they talk you into putting a part on there, that's what happens. But Oxygen sensor. Yeah, I mean, you could put 90, I'm going to say 70% of O2 codes, Ain't nothing wrong with the O2 sensor. It's Got something problems. else caused yeah. it. And just like uh, we were talking about the some of the European stuff, Duck, about, you know, the Mercedes Benz, the, the Jaguars, uh, those cars that come from over there, even though we have multiple scanners at our shop, sometimes yep. when you hook those up, it'll give you the correct code number. But the definition and terminology is different. <clears throat> the information will be different. And, and so you have to go to a database and actually look that up and see what that is. You either go to uh, one that you know is gospel because it could lead you in the wrong direction or if it could lead you down a path that takes longer to diagnose really what's wrong with it. And that costs the customer extra money. And, and a lot of times, Joe, you'll get on that and you'll get down to the bottom of it and what information was there don't have nothing to do what was wrong with the vehicle that's correct and you done chased all this around in a circle back and forwards and you know and, and then you get down to the bottom if you know this is what's wrong with it i guess i guess the best way to word this is actually tell folks out there they're listening if you have a trouble code for a specific code 
that Pacific code in the repair side of the manual has got a flow chart that you follow. Yes. You check this. If it's yes, no, you go here. If it's there, you go here. And you do that, and it takes time to do that. And you get down there and say, well, that definition is not correct for this code. Exactly. You've chased your tail, and you've wasted time on diagnosing what's wrong with the car. So for, it's important that that, <coughs> that that you go to some place that's going to give you a correct definition of that code. And I don't think that uh, discount parts places, and I've had them come in and say, well, it's got this in there. They told me it needed this. It's going to be about this amount. And I said, well, are they going to fix it, or am I? Yeah. How about letting me see what's wrong with well, it? I'm the one you're going to hold responsible for fixing it, so let me diagnose it. And then then, then you have to just more or less like pulling teeth to get them to pay for the diagnostic on it. Yeah. Well, it's I already tough. had it checked. Well, yeah, that's it. You know, but and then, then, then again, Joe, people don't realize how much we spend on Scanners. computers. Yes, exactly. I spent $28,000 on one for big yes. trucks. Yeah. Back I, in... March or April, somewhere along. I there. hear Ryan, I hear Gary, I hear, I hear Joe, I hear you talking about just these ones that you're using on smaller cars and stuff. Ten to fifteen thousand dollars, and no every year got update. You got to update them several thousand dollars. And a lot That's of times, correct. you they'll be updated two or three times through the through the year. But then once a year, then you have to pay to make it get it updated. You know, and and if you don't, and you get two or three behind. The scanner's junk. If you want to know why the repair bills keep going up, there's a good reason why they keep going up. It's because they're required to spend thousands of dollars to be able to make sure that they diagnose what's wrong with your car correctly. Exactly. And and I've bought all the stuff to work on uh, Dodge Sprinters and Mercedes Sprinters and stuff like that. And, and, um, and I'm still Russell. Let me rephrase that. Russell is still fighting with it, trying to get it to where we understand how to make it work and he's work got, like it's designed. To. Yeah, he's got it down pat. We still every once in a while we run into a module here the other day from him, so we couldn't get it to program. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> and I'm sure it was something that we was not either in that the right or, motion or, or just you were in the wrong part of doing the programming. Yeah. And, and and really and truly, that that's that's hard to explain to a customer sometimes. Just like, you know, we used to share uh, subscriptions. Yeah. We can't do that anymore. Nope, they stopped all that. Now, everybody, if you come in and you need a car flash, I don't care if, what it's for, we've got to call the manufacturer and buy a subscription from them. Yeah. They range anywhere from 45 to $85. And they're good for one day or Some, maybe three days. We, it ain't 24 cheap. to 48 hours, and that's all the time that's allowed for us to do it. And... A lot of them you can only do one time, and now GM did come out and say, "All right, for that VIN number for that specific car, you got two years." Yeah, you flash any module you want for two years after you pay the sixty bucks. You know. Yeah. So and, it's and that's basically the way Mercedes is. Mm-hmm. When you do a Mercedes, you, I, we had to call Mercedes. They phoned on the the computer, the laptop. They phoned and talked to it, and they said, "Okay, you can program this," and it, I think it's. I think it's fifty dollars to do it that. It puts a VIN number in it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. You may only mm-hmm. do this car, only that one. We're used to, you know, we would, you know, if we had two or three of them, we'd stack them together, and then we'd call and pay for one. Yeah, and then we'd do all of them. Well, mm-hmm. now it's only good for one VIN number. They That's figured it. out what you were doing. Oh yeah, yeah. but it's all it's all benefit <laughs> them monetarily. I can assure sure, you. Sure, of course it. But does. you have to remember that us being independents, and this is where the rub comes in. 
we're paying for that service. And then sometimes they don't give us everything we need to do that program. They withhold on us. Yes. They hold, no, they hold back on you? They make it yes. where, and, and they can technically say, well, you can do it, but this step that you need to do, we're not going to provide you with the procedure adequately or properly how to do that. Yeah. So you have to, you're set there and you try and try. And so what do you got to do, pay more money? No, a lot of times what we'll do, we'll to call each other or get on the <laughs> internet and, and check with some other outlets which we pay subscriptions to and put it out there and somebody else will say you know i had the same problem and this is what i did to fix it so we've got to gather our own information to help make their stuff work that's pretty bad when, yes when you got you they you pay money and they don't well, give you all the information that but you they'll need. say they do the, the problem is dave in the state of arkansas there is not a warranty dealer for dodge sprinters mercedes sprinters or none of that what is a sprinter it's just a little van. van. Oh, small it's van. Got a little, okay. they, it's either got a five-cylinder Mercedes in it or a six-cylinder Mercedes. But the only one that was left was Doggett Freightliner, where they pulled out. And for a long time, you wrote, you got up to their service window, and it had Duck's Garage rolled across the top of it. If you got a Sprinter, call Duck's Garage. <laughs> Here's his number. Yep. Talk so, to Duck. So, you know, I asked Russell, I said, what are you going to do? Do you want to take them or you want and so Mims brings me. I got one out there now, belongs to Mims. And so I sprung for the the software and had to buy a new laptop, to, you know, to go along with it because it has to be on its own laptop. So if you have a heart attack and a Mims ambulance and, and, pulls and, and, up, and that's another think thing. duck. And it's another thing. You know, a lot of computers and laptops, they have operating systems. Some of the programming on some of these vehicles are on old antiquated systems. Yes, and they won't. They don't want you to have Windows Ten. They want you to have this on there because yeah. they don't want to update their side of it. So it's 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 difficult. Well, the, the Mercedes I had to buy. I had to buy a new laptop because they told me said you cannot put nothing else on this laptop. I had to buy it from them. It, it come from them loaded onto it. So they've got it locked where I can't add nothing else to it. That's well, just like Ford and Mazda. You know, they're in bed together. Oh yeah, but you know what? You can't have Watch it. both it's a of family those. show. You, you can't have both of those on the same. You can't have them downloaded nope. program on the same computer because they conflict with each other. Yeah, and they're the same. Ford and, and, and Mazda. Here's so, something I want to do. I'm, when when Jerry gets back, I want to set up a time, and I would think it's going to probably be some of the higher ups, because there's a war going on in Washington D.C. right now. Absolutely. Dealing with autonomous vehicles, and it has nothing to do specifically about autonomous vehicles, except where are those autonomous vehicles going to go to be fixed? It's right now that war is already going on because it's a right to repair. For instance, Mercedes-Benz, the cars and trucks, the small ones, their books are available. But you know how you have to read those books? You have to buy their scan tool. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you have no repair manuals for us independent shops. It's all on the repair on the service the, the, and, and the law says they have to make it available. So they're skirting the law. Say it's available, but you got to spend twenty thousand dollars to get it. They make yeah. it, and, and what that does that drives those cars back to the manufacturer to get them repaired. Right. And the driver or the owner of that vehicle says, I don't want to go back there. I want to take it over here to Duck's Garage or Joe's Garage. But they, have, can't. they, they have made it financially hardship on us 
to get the information we need to repair those vehicles. Well, just like the Mercedes, you either go, on, go to on the other side of Fort Smith or you go into Memphis. For the Sprinter. They're the only two dealers that service between Arkansas. Mims took one over under warranty to Memphis. They had to send two guys over to drop it off. Then they had to send two guys back over to pick it up. So think that, what and they had to make me. an appointment, and and if they yeah. don't make an appointment, this um, if it broke down, it won't run. You tow it over; it may be over for two weeks because yeah. those those places are just covered up, aren't they? Yeah, now? they are. You know, and and that was one reason I we me and Russell discussed it, and we went ahead and spent the money. You know, I didn't really want to, but uh, I you know I could see people calling me and telling me, "Hey, you're my only source. What are we going to do?" And you know, and uh, you know, okay. So, so if you got a sprinter. You're the only place for them to go to. Well, in Arkansas. In Arkansas. <laughs> if it's warning duck still. If you want to go to Tennessee or hey, Oklahoma, I, you can. I have been in touch with, with the Mercedes for warranty, mm-hmm. and they just flat out told me, no. Not will think about it. I said, look, there is no other place in Arkansas. No. Wow. It's kind of like what what's the 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 car that uh, Ryan works on that uh, they pulled out their last place that you could take and get a mini yeah mini Cooper. mini Cooper mm-hmm. I mean you go to him he'll work on how long before he runs into the same problem oh it's coming that's oh, yeah. what yeah that's it's... what uh, we're bumper to bumper certified <coughs> service center their next deal is in Washington D C in twenty twenty one that's where we're going up there to try yeah. and get the right to repair. And that's why I said we need to bring yeah. some people on to explain this so that the listeners understand what's going on and it's not your local uh, work uh, you know, shop that's causing the problem. Yes. There's other, there's bigger problems than this. Yes. You know, you got to go back to the dealer. It will cost you a whole lot more. I'll just well, tell that you that and, right now. That and you're going to wait in line for a week or two to get it fixed because if, if they monopolize it, you know they're going to be backlog. You know I'm that's you. a fact. I'm with you. And, Dave, if there's anybody out there needing a truck job, 15 working seconds. On, working on big trucks, give me a call. I need someone. No, some, you need you need a person for a big to work on big trucks. All right, there you got. What's the number to call? 501-607-1965. There's the number. Get I answer it any time, so just call me. You'll make good money, I'll tell you that much. All right, Joe and I will be back on Saturday morning, Car and Truck Doctors. He's in this weekend. Until then, have a good one. We'll be back with more of the Dave Ellswick Show after the news. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. No, no, no. show tomorrow katie beck will be here she's the new spokesperson for the governor's uh, office she'll join us in the uh, first hour i do know that at four o'clock uh we're going to be talking uh, with our good friend michael cutler dealing with border issues and uh, immigration policy he'll join us for an hour at four o'clock three o'clock don't know yet 
be something. Something. There'll be something there. We'll be talking about it. Just like we're in five o'clock hour and Vince Schellenberger is here. He is the owner of All Aboard. Uh, whether you go to the one in uh, Benton or you go to the one here in uh, Little Rock, uh, he is, uh, do we call you a co-owner? I am a co-owner. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're a co-owner. Uh, uh, you know, I'm the restaurant guy for 30 years, and my brother-in-law is a mechanical engineer. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's, we're all trained guys. That's, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't recognize you when walking because you had your hat on. Oh. I've only seen you without a hat. We look a lot alike. We do. <laughs> we have no hair. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it is. I just, that just caught me off guard. Yeah. But if you're watching on Facebook right now, you can see some of the delicious food uh, that Vince brought in. Now, I want to just tell you, the last time Vince came here, he brought me this chili kind of infused shrimp that was just awesome. And, the, and when we did our remote out uh, in Benton, that's what I had for lunch. I did not forget that is really, really good. Oh, that's fantastic. Because they make, here's what they've done. They've given you a restaurant that your family loves to go to because it's got that whole, you know, train, you know, motif going on. Got trains running around the top. Kids love that. Adults love like like me. I go crazy on trains. And the other thing is they have uh, food that's healthy for your family. Everybody. Can't beat that. And, you know, that's part of all aboard. Uh, you know, you've got, you know, every, every family member is different, but you have uh, vegetarians. We have that. You've got uh, seafood lovers. We have that. And, of course, you have, uh, you know, southern catfish, you know, fried catfish. We have that. So uh, seafood, vegetarian, American cuisine. So, yeah, I love it. Uh, we try to feed everybody. And you're right. The um, the healthiness comes into the part when we made our menu. We looked at uh, Arkansas as far as. Uh, um, always the obesity rate always comes up high and uh, we looked at yes, healthy, is. healthy fresh fruit and steamed vegetables and and give that option to you know, so, so people can eat healthier it's good food at the right price thank you that's thank the you. key i mean eating healthy is good for you but a lot of people they have a hard time eating healthy because it's usually very pricey not with you all appreciate that i mean we we work hard on that and actually we try to uh, we try to make our food even look what weighs me in bed every day. And um, it really starts with your people. And I think we've got some great people. AJ does a great job in our Benton location. And Cameron does a great job as our general manager in our Little Rock location. So, uh, you know, but that's it. I mean, you know, food is one thing, but the entertainery of being coming in and entertained mm-hmm. by a train, um, there's only Benton and Little Rock that has it. So, That's right. You know. It's a lot of fun. It is a great place to go. My grandson loves it. My grandchildren love it. I like it because I'm a big train guy. I mean, I, look, the age I am, I grew up with Lionel trains and stuff and uh, setting them up in your living room and around the Christmas tree and all of that. I, so I like trains. I just like seeing them run. Right, right. I remember all those... Uh Christmas movies, holiday movies, you yeah. see, and there'd always be a train going around the always, know, the, always going around the tree. And um, you know, I remember growing up. Uh, actually, I grew up in Kansas City and going to the Union Station when it actually had, and it still does, but it had trains going right through. You know, even in Little Rock here, we had the the station and trains. I just, uh, but Kansas City was like a middle point in the United States 
a lot of trains traveled through Kansas City. Through, right. It, you know, to Texas, to, mm-hmm. you know, up north and so forth. But yeah, that was kind of the center hub. It's a big, but, it's a big uh, cattle area as well. Yes. You know, a lot of cattle came in on, on cars. A lot of cattle didn't go out on cars. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, some of the best steaks that you'll eat are in Kansas City, brother. There, yes. It's a great place to eat steak. Yes. All right, Zach, come over here. Zach's going to come over. Great. Great. We call him superhero Zach because he keeps all everything running correctly. Okay. Okay. okay I want you to look at this, Zach. You're hungry. I, I know you're hungry. There, there is a buff. Well, I'll let I'll let Vince tell you what it is. Go ahead. That Vince. is a Southern Fried Zach. That's going to be a buffalo chicken sandwich. You are welcome to it. Um, we actually hand batter a chicken breast uh, in buttermilk and, <laughs> and batter. We actually will cook that so it's fresh and moist and tender, and uh, then we put our buffalo sauce on it, and that's uh, pepper jack cheese. So it, it's it's good. So someone who likes that spicy kick, that's going to give you a kick. So does it know? bite back? Is that what you're saying? It depends. It depends, depends on, on what yeah. your tolerance is. <laughs> you All right. Know, so Go ahead, Zach. That's great. Well, you, when you pick it up, show it so people on, on Facebook can see it there. Show it good to you. Yeah, look at that. That's good, huh? It looks uh, yum. You right. want it tonight, go to Benton, go to uh, Little Rock, go to All Aboard. There you go. Great. All right. I'm going to call on you here in a minute to talk about how good it is. Well, you got to, I want you to take a couple of bites. You got to take a couple of bites so you can tell us what you think of it. I'm going to have the chili, all right? I'm going to be doing that in just a second. But bottom line, Vince, is that how do you guys go about preparing your, your menus? I mean, what I know you're thinking healthy and things of that nature, but I mean, uh, you look a chicken, this chicken sandwich that you got. A lot of people would make that, and it would be like three thousand calories. You didn't do that. We look at you know we look at uh, your ingredients is where it starts. You know, uh, you know we don't we cook everything fresh. So if a lot of things you get in where you see those high calories are already pre processed, they're coming okay. frozen to you. That's a chicken breast that we actually just a raw chicken breast that we take. We'll dip it in buttermilk, you know, mm. and uh, we'll dip it in flour, and so we cook it there. So you actually save a lot of there, and we can control the amount of uh, sodium mm-hmm. you put into that with the batter. Um, so you're, you're going to get a better product there. And then, like I said, again, we make our own buffalo sauce so again it's not a process item you know we take the ingredients and make our buffalo sauce so <laughs> i'm looking over at zach <laughs> he's just he's in seventh heaven right now Great. okay I'm, we're Great. going to take a break zach when we come back i'll ask you to describe uh what that uh chicken sandwich tastes like i want to know about the uh the sauce too that's a that's a family kept secret evidently over at all aboard that's right all right that's ben right. schellenberger is our guest from all aboard they're here in Little Rock and in Benton. We'll tell you where you can find them. We'll tell you where you can call them. We'll tell you about parties. We'll tell you everything about them when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, 18 minutes after 5, Vince Schellenberger's here. All aboard is his business uh, in Little Rock and in Benton. It is a restaurant where you can go, family restaurant. I want to highlight that, a family restaurant where you go, your food's brought by a train. It's delivered to your table. It is wholesome, and it is good food for your kids and for the rest of your family. And uh, it's just an all-around great dining experience. And uh, we gave Zach a uh, buffalo chicken sandwich to try out. So, uh, Zach, let me get him to pay attention to me here. All right, Zach. Okay. 
How's your mouth feeling? That was pretty good. It was pretty good. <laughs> Only pretty good? It was it was fantastic. Okay. How how good was the sauce? Oh, the sauce, it t- kind of tastes like, you know, it's basically spicy, but it was good. I mean. Good. Not too spicy. Not too spicy at all. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. But the pepper jack cheese and the chicken, oh, yeah, all of that together. Because <laughs> I love pepper jack cheese. Okay, so was it fresh? It was definitely fresh. Bun was fresh, right? Mm-hmm. Not like when you go to a fast food place and you bite into the bun and it, it tastes like it's like two weeks old. You no, ever done that? Ever had that happen to you? Not to me. I've had that happen many, too many times, to be honest. The name will stay safe within my mind, but I'm just saying, if I said it, everybody would know who I'm talking about. But they... Not a fresh bun. You know, I mean, I don't know. They may have opened a bag of buns the night before and left them out for all I know. That, you know, doesn't make me feel good. Well, this is definitely something I'm going to be looking forward to, probably buying whenever I go to Olive Bore Restaurant. There you go. Great. Oh, yeah. Great. I'm going to get, man, I'm I'm getting the shrimp again. I love that chili shrimp they got. That, that stuff is, you didn't have that yet, I have you? I haven't had that yet. You got to, you like shrimp. You like me, you're a shrimp guy, all right? You're oh, going to yeah. love it. I'm going to tell you, it's really 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 good is that is that like your own recipe vince it is we put that together. i thought so we did put that together we looked at some sweet other chili by the way right. sweet chili right right yeah sweet chili has louisiana hot sauce in it oh it's good it's good a little mayo yeah it's not it's not too hot i mean a lot of people say well, how hot is it i i like to say that people if you got to ask then don't eat it <laughs> yeah, you got to try it. I mean, I think you did great. I mean, I think you got to try it. And and uh, oh, know. it's sweet, but it got just a little bit of heat. And this time of the year, when the weather perfect starts to time. turn, it's perfect. Yeah, yes. it's not so. going to make you sweat. You don't have to worry about that. But it will. It it perk you up a little bit. It will. It it's will. good. It's yeah. really real. I liked it a lot. Great. Um, keep that in mind great. when you go over. What are some other things what, for for the smaller kids? What what do you suggest? For the smaller kids. You know, we do seven items for small kids. You know, we'll, we do, you know, Texas toast grilled cheeses. We do. That's pe- always a winner. Pita bread. We make pizzas mm. out of pita bread. Um, we do, you know, also the uh, third, actually it's a fifth pound hot dog for them. Well, we can do chili dogs as well. We do a quarter. That's a big hot dog. Quarter pound Angus cheeseburger. Uh, we do macaroni and cheese. Mm. We do, you know, we do vegetables on the side. We do applesauce. We do carrot sticks. We do fresh fruit. Um, so they have those options too. So now, you when know. you're talking kids, and you say mac and cheese, oh, you're talking kids' food. I mean, I I had someone tell me one time. They said, "I can't believe you eat mac and cheese." And I go, "What are you talking about?" He said, "That's poor people food." And uh, I said, "Well." I grew up on the wrong side of the track, so that might be the case, but I still like mac and cheese. Oh, it's considered comfort food. It's you know, good. I know a lot of adults that eat mac and cheese. All know. right, so you're better than Kraft, right? Better than Kraft. All right, that's, Kraft. that's for everybody to understand. And then that's not an easy bridge to cross, to no, be honest. No, no, there was, it's not out of the box. So uh, it's cheddar cheese, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's creamy, and they're going to... You're going to enjoy it. And actually, I see a lot of adults actually putting their spoons inside their kids' mac and cheese. Of course. Of course. Well, they weren't, you know, they were distracted by the train probably at that time. Yeah. That's what it was. They didn't see it on the the menu. They were too engrossed with the trains. True. 
because sure. the trains are very cool and you said that uh, was it your, your my brother-in-law brother-in-law my came brother-in-law. up with how to do this yeah you know he if he's a mechanical engineer and he he designs major rail systems so he's uh he's actually helped design the bart the san francisco bay transit system the, wow. the dart the dallas uh, rapid transit system uh, and so we kind of got together. We we saw a concept somewhat similar to this. So like what a, he did is took reality and brought it into to the restaurant. The restaurant that's pretty cool. A new way to new way to get your food to you from the kitchen to the table, um, you know. And that's that's our gimmick. But uh, the the food's number one. But like I said, you will be entertained. Oh uh, yeah, your families and um, you know. I was just looking on the way over here today. You know. You know, Halloween's right around the corner. Yes, that means, and I just checked. There's only 36 days to Thanksgiving. No, don't, and, don't, don't, don't say Christmas. And well, the holidays start. Yeah. <laughs> in 60, no, I'm, 60, I'm not saying that you can't say Christmas. I said just don't tell me how many days. Oh, well, there's 60 <laughs> days to Hanukkah and 63 days to Christmas, and there so we go. Six, uh, 63 days. All right. Right. Two months, three days, basically. Right. And you want to know what you want to do with your family that's coming in town from wherever Dallas, Chicago, you know, South Arkansas, wherever. And you want to take them to a place that that they've never been in any of their locations they've been at. So, I mean, you know. They you may, guys cater? We do cater. We do cater. You See, can, now that would be, I, I might, I'm going to have when my whole family comes into town. Great. And I'm not sure yet if everybody's coming at Christmas. But if they do, there will be 32 of us. Perfect. I would think that uh, we'll have to turn, I'll have to give you a call, Vince. And do. have you guys cater my uh, affair. We will cater that sweet chili shrimp. For oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be good. <laughs> and then we'll be have to have the, the kids' food, too, because our grandkids go from two years old up to 19 or 20 now. Okay. So, okay. you know, we got some that eat adult food and a lot of them that just eat kind of kids' foods. That's, uh, that's why we're all kids. I, you know, there's no age limit. There's no I'll be fighting the kids for the <laughs> macaroni and cheese. I'll just let you know that already. Yes, That's yeah. the way way it works. So Good. how does the catering work? We've got a couple of minutes here. Let's talk about you that. You know, most of our popular items are our hand-breaded chicken tenders and mm-hmm. our breaded, hand-breded catfish that we, we, we hand-bread there as well. Um, and then we do uh, macaroni and cheese. We do our. We actually make our own potato chips. That's also on the side. We yeah, that's own, good. We I make our own um, creamy coleslaw. Um and we use whipping cream in that, so it almost tastes like ice cream. But um, you know, you have we have those options, so you can get those in bulks. You can feed groups of eight to actually, we just say eight to a hundred. You know, to a hundred and eight. 100. <laughs> to you know we don't have any you can bring in more than that but uh you just let us know give us a call uh you know give at least give us 24 48 hour notice and we will have it ready for you to come pick up all right so that's the way you want to do it yeah we're trying to feed a big group make it easier yourself here's the key when the holidays come everybody should be able to enjoy the holiday true yeah just a few people shouldn't be stuck in the kitchen having to cook for everybody because that can be a hassle right and when you want something other than turkey yeah you know that's true too yeah i like turkey but you know what christmas time i don't want turkey again (laughs) i had turkey at thanksgiving i always have turkey at thanksgiving that's tradition and now i'm sounding jewish aren't i exactly i'm sounding jewish when i say it sounds like tradition but the bottom line got a no fiddler on the roof come on yeah but anyway 
Christmas time, I want something different. True. And we've got that. You know, okay. you can get anything. And like I said, any of those picky eaters are going to find something. Even those people that need gluten-free, we've got that. You got all of it, don't we you? We got it all. We try to get it all. Yeah, you know. It changes all the time. I mean, it's only been recently, I would think, that restaurants have really uh, responded to the gluten-free diets. You know, the, a lot of people with the allergies nowadays, you have to eat. <laughs> It seems like, uh, and you need to adapt to that because um, you're losing a segment of the population. But, you know, there's always dairy allergies, uh, peanut allergies. And so, you know, in all our products, there's, there's, we don't carry anything in our product that has peanuts. You know, our oils, all I didn't oil. know that. So you, so you don't have to put that disclaimer on your menu, so do we just, you? We just want people to feel comfortable when they come in. They don't have to worry about, you know, am I... Am I going to have an allergic reaction to something? And if there is some kind of dietary needs as far as milk or dairy, uh, just let us know because our, our staff is very well educated as far as making sure that you get the right item for that particular someone for that. So You put them in class, don't you? they got to learn that kind of stuff. Well, we actually put them in the kitchen and let them see how things are made so that they know they, it's easier for them. When they, when they see it, they're best to describe it. Right, how it's made. So yeah, that's that's yeah. the way it should work. I got to yeah. tell you, it's just the way it needs to be done now. You know, I I didn't think anything about peanut allergies for the most part until I saw, saw a person go into anaphylactic shock mm. from peanuts, and and that can be terrible. And you know, look, a a, a a young child or a teenager or whatever may not mention that, so they can come to your place and not even have to worry about it. Right. Not they, there. They need to come, you know, just come in and ask. Just make us aware. There's someone on staff that's going to be able to answer the questions that you need to know. All right. Keep all of this in mind. It's what makes uh, All Aboard a very special place to go and eat. Uh, give them the, uh, the directions or give them the address here in Little Rock and then down in Benton as well, uh, Vince. And yeah. then we'll come back after the break and talk a little further. Great. Our address in Little Rock is 6813 Cantrell Road. We're right there in that Steinmart Shopping Center uh, in Benton. We're at 202-30 on the Alcoa exit. Get off at that exit 121. You'll find us right over there by um, Home Goods. Uh, actually, we're right behind Red Robin and Freddy's over there. So Yeah, they're right back there. You can't miss them. No. Easy, no. easy to find no. them. All right, we'll talk further with Vince when we come back. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, but first let me catch up on the news. we got a minute of that for you right now on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm schooling Vince right now about <laughs> Chicago. We're talking, Sean, he says, I went over to, to Wrigley Field. and Of course you did. That's the mecca of baseball, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But uh, you got the billy goat there. The That's where the billy goat curse supposedly happened. At this bar. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got to. You got to go there. Next time okay. you get back, okay. make sure you go by there. You'll like the people there. The people there are all very, very nice. Just don't wear a St. Louis hat. It's a great town. <laughs> it's a great town. <laughs> don't wear a St. Louis hat. You can get away with KC, but you can't get away okay. with St. Louis. You're okay. not going to get away with that at all. Yep. So uh, while you were there, you said that you, you went down Michigan, which is a great place, Miracle Mile, of Miracle course. Miracle Mile. Did you get to go see any of the museums? We did... Um, we did the pier. Okay, we Navy pier. pier. Okay, uh, we did see the um, the aquarium. Okay, shed aquarium. Aquarium was great. That's a fantastic layout. Uh, they got yeah, now. and the the everything by the water. 
right there was was beautiful. I mean, it was really well done. The big bean, the reflective bean. Yeah, you had to yeah, do the that. Bean. Everybody wants yeah. to do that. But uh, absolutely, did you see the Picasso? I did not the see the dumbest, Picasso. That dumb thing that they let him put up. Yeah, I, I won't even that. get into it. That's a long story from no. the seventies. I just, like I said, I I took my wife as a surprise for Valentine's Day to go see Hamilton. Okay. And um, just, you know, stayed at the Palmer. Well, the next time you go back, since you're at the Palmer, you're right there on state, make your way down to Michigan again and go to the art museum. Okay. Can't miss the art museum because it's got the big lions outside of it. Okay. So you want to see that. If you get a chance, you go to the Shedd Aquarium, you should for sure go to Natural History. Uh, which is a fantastic museum. And then just down the road, down Lakeshore Drive, you get the science and industry, right. which is a great place as well. What I, what I like about cities like that, just being the nature and the business I'm in, is is trying the restaurants. You know, I went to Ditka's. You know. Great place to eat. <laughs> um, you know, everything is steak. Uh, you know, Chicago's known for their deep dish pizza. Yep. You know. Giordano's. Yes. So well, you can name all the different deep dish pizzas. Oh, I mean, an authentic and great uh, Italian. Did, did you sneak down into Old Town? You know, the only part of Chicago that didn't burn in the fire. Did you happen to get into Old Town? You, that's where you'll find the original uh, deep dish pizza that they make on top of the stove. I did not make that's it. It's really, there. really good. Wow. I mean, it's. It's probably got six pounds of cheese in it, okay? I mean, it is thick and it is heavy. Do not buy a large because I guarantee you two people cannot consume a large unless they're very large themselves. <laughs> I'm just uh, saying. <laughs> a, a lot of great culinary uh, skills are, are developed. You know, you well, can like I was lot. telling you, go to next time you go, I know okay. that your wife is vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave her back at the room. <laughs> <laughs> and go to the Chicago Chop Shop. Oh, okay. We yeah, you want a that. steak, man. That's a place to go for a steak. It's huh. wonderful. You got it. She can eat salad. She loves salad. Yeah, well, they got know, plenty got of too. those around yeah. there as, as well. But, uh, yeah, that's a great place to go. But let me get you back to all aboard now. Super. But you speak about trains. Chicago's a great place for trains. Yeah. Just it, so you know, if you were there on Randolph by the Prudential Building, you look down and the stockyards start there and can run all the way through the city. It's amazing. That that used to be a huge slaughterhouse area uh, in Chicago. Right, uh, right. There, and Chicago is known for steak. I mean, because yeah. the beef came through there. And speaking of trains, you know, Little Rock has a lot of train history itself. You know, the, the Choctaw, uh, the Choctaw ran through. The route ran through right there by the uh, Clinton Library over that bridge. Right. Um, you know, you've got North Little Rock, you've got Union Pacific right there, you've got the rail yard over there. I mean... We miss a lot of that now. You know that history? You oh. and I grew up with that, all oh, right? Oh, yes. We grew up with the super chief and things of that nature. I talk about that. You understand me. Other people look at me like, super chief? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh. I'm talking about Kansas City? No, I'm... I'm talking about a railroad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great stuff. It was always fascinating to get held up when the train was crossing the street. You know, I mean, I'd be in the back seat, but, uh, you know. People are too windows. big of a hurry now. Oh, yeah, you try to get around it. But now it was just so enamored just watching the train and always waiting to see the caboose. It was almost like. Um, see, now that's a foreign word almost now. The caboose? The caboose. People don't know what a caboose is. They don't. They don't understand what, you know, what a line man is on a train or any or conductor almost right 
you know, on that. Uh, yeah, those guys used to live in the caboose. Yes. Yeah. They'd be on the end of it with their lantern as they went across the crossing and swinging the lantern. Wow. Great stuff. I love trains. I really do. That We had the Monon and all the rest of them up there around the Chicagoland area. What was the big steam engine that came through just a few years ago? That huge steam. Do you remember that? I remember it. Uh, thing was it huge. A, it was distinguished with a number. Um, but, yes, I do remember that. Actually, I took pictures. I went out to see it. it. And I think I took monster. My, oh, I did. I took my daughters out there when they were younger. And uh, I remember the, just the, the size of the wheel or the size of the, of the side of the train was bigger than... Yeah, those pistons that they had, yeah, they're huge. Oh, and it was just, you know, fascinating when you stand upside them thinking, you know, those things were built solid. Yes, they were. They were solid, so. They were. And they weren't like your Lionel train. Mine had a magnet on the bottom of them. Keep it on the rails, remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember those. (laughs) I do remember those. I still have my first steam engine that I got, a Lionel steam engine that I got from my father when I was... Uh, how old was I? Three years old. So I've been 1956. Mm-hmm. And you put the pill in the smokestack and it would heat up and it would puff out smoke as it ran. Right. I still have that. It's in excellent condition. I've been I've been offered over $1,000 for it and nobody can pay me what it's worth. What it's worth. Right. To me, just in, in that it came from my dad, right. you know, huge, huge. Talking about that, let's move on. Let me talk about this. This is chili right here from over at All Aboard. And I was sitting here, and I'm, I was looking at Vince, and I go, this is really a lot of beef. It ain't beef, Dave. It's turkey. Ground turkey. Yeah. we. That's uh, good for you. It is It is more lean for you. Um, so, you know, and also, like I said, we saute uh, onions and garlic, and then we put that turkey ground turkey in there let that marinate with it it's got the spices it has cumin chili powder uh, a lot of great herbs has chili beans diced tomatoes everything fresh it's good right i'm just letting everybody know it's really good you get a a cold day you want some good chili all aboard's got it for you that season it's that time of season this is good for you yeah that's what i've been making i made chili last week on Thursday, and it was gone by Saturday. So Sunday, I made chicken noodle soup. Okay. I, I like soups at this time of oh, year. Oh yes, you know I'm I'm that's what I eat. And then I was telling my wife, I think the next time I make it to Zach, I'm going to leave the chicken out because I find that I like just the noodles and the broth. So I think that's what I'm going to eat. It's good. It's good. And you can make it with vegetable broth, and my wife can eat it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, when I invite you over to dinner, okay. I'll make sure to do that. I, I, that way I won't screw up. All right, so tell everybody again where you're at in Little Rock, and then again where you're at in Benton, and then we'll take a final break, and then we'll come back and wrap it up. Sounds good. Uh, in Little Rock, again, we are at uh, 6813 Cantrell Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're located right there at the, at the Steinmarch Shopping Center, and off exit uh, 121 in Benton. Okay. Uh, we are in the shops of Benton. Uh, you can find us right there. We're actually next to the Sprint store, um, but uh, you'll see Red Robin and so forth. But those are the two locations. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter. Yeah, forget about the greasy burger. Go to All Aboard and get some healthy food and very tasty food as well. Vince Schellenberger is our guest from All Aboard. 
We'll finish up our interview with him when we continue after this. All right, so Vince Schellenberger and I are going to have to go out to dinner. And the reason is just talk baseball. Because I can tell you're a baseball fan. Oh, I love baseball. There you go. Well, I mean, did you watch the first game of the World Series? I did. There you the go. What am I saying? Yes. Uh, what a know. surprise that, uh, you know, the Nats uh, pulled that one out last night. Although the Astros came back. They came back. Astros. Almost pulled it off. You know, the, the Nat, you know, if you look at their record, you know, I think they just said like a 93 wins, you know, which is yeah. still great. And then you look at the Astros who won 107 games. Yeah, but, best uh, in the American and, and National League. Astros are so talented, young, talented team, you know, they're, you know, but, uh, and they gave the Royals a run back in 2014 when the right. Royals had their little stint of that. But yeah, that was great. Uh, and it's, it's exciting to see teams that you don't normally see uh, in the World Series. Well, I'm just National. glad that it wasn't the Yankees. I know people people that are Yankee fans are cursing me right now. I understand that. And the TV ratings would be better, I'm sure. I mean, it was, what, 1.58 million watched first game last night. That's probably down by half a million people, and it would have been well over 2.5 million if the Yankees had been in it. But, but you, you know, could... here's what it, here's what the networks were hoping for. Yankees in the American League. Dodgers in the National True. League. True. The they two won. biggest TV markets. Coast to coast. Yep. Right. That's what they were hoping for, and they didn't get it, and I'm glad. Oh, uh, but, <laughs> but the game was very entertaining. It was I mean, good. Uh, great pitching uh, on both sides, and, you know, great And great timely. hitting. Yes. Because we're talking, those were the aces of both of those teams. I mean, now there's, I guess like, there's an argument about whether Verlander is the ace, and and Cole is number two. The way he'd been pitching, he was definitely the number one man. Yes. He had a .40 ERA in the postseason thus far. That's .4. That's not even yeah, a run. A, yeah, that's less than what Gibby was doing back <laughs> in the 60s. All right, I'm just right. telling you. That's all right? great. Good. Bottom Good. line. Yeah. And And you know what? When Gibby did that, you know what they did the next year? They lowered the mound by six inches. Thought he had an unfair advantage. Yeah. <laughs> Every other pitcher had the same unfair advantage, but they didn't have the arm that Bob Gibson had. Yeah. Or, I think, the fire in his gut that Bob Gibson wow. had. I mean, there was something about him when he took the mound. You could, you, When you were sitting in the stands, you could see it in his eyes. Yeah. Just that burning desire to win. There's always a few handful of players, special players that come up along the way. They don't come along all the time, but no. when they do, he was one of them. I got to see a lot. When I was growing up, because I was up during what they called the second golden age of baseball. So, you know, I saw Stan the Man play, and I saw, uh, you know, Louis Aparicio and and right. Mickey Mantle and and all of those guys and Boog Powell, and I can go on and on. Yeah, and they would be as good today. In fact, they might be better with the way the baseball's juiced. Uh, that. Uh, than they were in the days that they played. It's, it would be it'd be interesting to see. It would really be interesting to see because uh, I, you know, most of those names you mentioned, I, I collect their baseball cards. And, yeah, there you uh, go. They're great. You know, they were great. They were hard cards to come by, but when you got them, you knew that you um, you had something. You had something. You had a prize. You yeah, know? Pete so. Rose. You know, I mean, you want to have one of those. I was lucky enough. You you 
I'm sure you'll get shivers when I told the story. Uh, they they had a, a symposium over at at Arkansas Surgical Center over in um, Maumel, and they brought in this uh, guy who used to be a catcher to talk about because he had to have both hips replaced. And I I got all excited because I went over to do a remote, and it was Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench. And Bench sat down with me. He very seldom does interviews. And he sat down, and he did a whole hour with me. He had these gnarled hands. And you remember that great picture on Sports Illustrated when he had the baseballs in between his fingers? I do. All right. I do. Let me tell you what. He's got huge hands. Huge hands. And I'm sitting there, and it's wrong to ask for an autograph, all right, when you do an interview. It's just... Yes, unprofessional. And I, I, he sat down and I said, you know, I think you're the greatest catcher who ever played the, the, the game of baseball. However, I hated you when you played. <laughs> and he says, why? And I said, because I'm a Cub fan. And he looked at me and he, go, he looks at me and he goes, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when he left, he signed the ball and gave it to Did me. He? And he uh, dated it, which is even cooler. So yeah. that sits on that sits on my bookshelf. That is, yeah, yeah. And Johnny uh, and Johnny Bench. That's unbelievable. He is, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest catcher ever played the game. He was one of the top. Uh, the big red machine. I oh mean, that my whole lord! Yeah, organization. They were amazing uh, during the during the seventies. Yes, they were. Yes, they couldn't were. beat them. It's just the way it was. You couldn't beat them. Right. And right. I and they played in one of the crappiest ball feels ever i mean uh, you know with the with the the astro turf and all of that just like in bush stadium did you go to bush when they had astro turf zach yeah it'd be you know one of those hot summer days and it'd be 95 out and on the field they had to be careful that the players didn't burn the bottom of their feet because it was asphalt under that stuff yeah it was hot in those fields well one thing too in conjunction with trains there you go. Back in the day, they used to have to take trains. Yeah, you know, to get from you know, yeah, they didn't fly Chicago to New York or you know to St. Louis. You're right. They used to have to take trains, and you know that would. And be... that's going back to like the first golden age with the Babe and all of oh, them. Yeah. You know, they they rode the yeah. train. Yeah. That's why there was so much time between games when they were going to different cities right. and stuff. Right. They had to ride the train, and you knew that the ball player was one of the the big money makers because he had a a booth to sleep in. The rest of them slept in the chairs just as they were they riding. Were, That's they exactly right. That's yes. just the way it worked. Yes. All right. Well, so Vince, let's go back and let's recap for some folks sure. out there. Uh, if you just joined us, Vince Sellenberger is with me. He is the owner of All Aboard Restaurant here in Little Rock and also out in Benton. And we'll tell you the locations again. Uh, Talk about your food again because it's healthy food. It's not your typical fast food. Right. Um, you know, for those of you who have never been to All Aboard, uh, we do seafood, vegetarian, and American cuisine, and we make everything fresh. Uh, we make majority of our dressings right there in-house. Um, so we have something for everyone in your family. But, uh, you know, the unique thing that we do is everything's delivered to your table by a train, and we we built the trains as well, and the trains bring it to an elevator and the elevator lowers it right down to your train. It's a, it's an entertainery. So it kind of reminds us if you went out to go to a drive-in theater and you just were enamored by this big screen, you're going to be enamored by how those trains bring 
It's all automated. Yeah, and in the background, they've got like the old announcements that you would hear if you were, you know, went to catch a train. You all aboard. Train arriving. Yeah. The train is arriving. So we have that. And uh, on one track, we even have a little Ozzy Osbourne that uh, gives you a little pump up saying, (laughs) you know, his all aboard theme. So, you know, we try to incorporate anything that has all aboard coming your way. So it's very cool. Thank it's you. a lot of fun. Thank you. It's a uh, it's a visionary's uh, vision, and uh, and it's working out well for you yes. all. I was I was talking to uh, your co-owner when I was out in Benton, mm-hmm. and he said you've started to get people asking about taking this uh, idea to other cities. Franchising, uh, we have um, we've seen people actually we've had people talk to us from North Carolina. Uh, Texas, obviously, real close sure. by. Sure. Um, and then we have actually even local Conway. Uh, that would be, I think, an ideal place, being local close here. But Conway, Memphis, uh, anywhere close would be great. But, yes, um, it's it's interesting when you get people from, you know, Carolinas or Texas or even as far west as California, we've had inquiries. So, um, it, you know, it's families, bringing families together. And Which would be cool for you, Vince, because I know you put the menus together, basically, and the, and the recipes. Every different city you go to is going to have some different cuisines that you're going to want oh, yes. to tap into. So that's going to taste, you know, tap into how good are you as a chef? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's just great to try those local. I mean, when you're, when you're, in, when you're in out east in Boston or whatever, you, you want to try the seafood. You and know. have some clam chowder. Have clam chowder, right? I gotta say, maybe not chili, maybe clam chowder. Or some bisque. Uh, yeah, is great out there. You know, if you're going to be in the Northwest, you want to try salmon. But sure, uh, you know, if you're in the South, you know, South does great Southern fried chicken. You know, absolutely. So there's the, anywhere you go, uh, Texas. You know, I think Arkansas has got great barbecue, but Texas has some good barbecue. Uh, yeah, too. they do. Yeah, yeah. They do. Yeah. All right. So uh, again, I've got about two minutes here, real quickly. Uh, tell me about catering. Catering. Because the holidays are coming. They're coming. And like I said, when you get tired of that turkey, uh, we do caterings. We, you can you can just get fish. You can just get chicken. We have packages available where you can get a combination of catfish and chicken. Uh, it comes with your sides. We do uh, macaroni and cheese this side. We do um, coleslaw. We do house-made chips. We have all your dipping sauce, buffalo sauce, ranch dressing, barbecue sauce, honey mustard, uh, you can get all that. We also have fresh fruit. We do a strawberry and spinach salad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do that with baby spinach. We'll do fresh strawberries, goat cheese, uh, sliced almonds, and then you can put grilled chicken right on top of that, and it's made with a poppy seed vinaigrette dressing. So, you know, it is a healthy option, and it's very tasty. Uh, we do chicken pestos, uh, grilled chicken breast with goat cheese, basil pesto, roasted red peppers. So you've got the healthy You've got the in-between. you got the ones that just, uh, you know, we want to take a break from being healthy. And this is, let me throw in as a last thing. Try the sweet chili shrimp. Love it. Try it. It's <laughs> just really, really good. Vince, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming in today. And thanks for bringing the food. Zach's over there. Wipe your mouth. <laughs> You got sauce all around your mouth. What is that all about? <laughs> Vince, thanks a lot. We Thank appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thanks for hey, I'll me. be back with you again tomorrow at 2. We'll start it off with Katie Beck. She's the new spokesperson for the governor. We've got um, uh, Michael 
coming in to talk about uh, immigration. And in the 3 o'clock hour, eh, who knows what we'll talk about. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 